Welcome to the Pittance Podcast number 111, take two. <laughs> take motherfucking two, y'all. Because the first one sucked. It did, real bad. And rather than go through the audio issues that you guys had to deal with last week, we figured we should probably get this fixed. Uh, and, uh, and we did. We, we, we made Mike go grab his laptop and not do this shit on TV. Yeah, let's get something Mike. Woo! Yay, Thanks. Mike. You're doing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I am the host, Angelo. Uh, the other person who's bashing on Mike was Will. It's fun to bash on Mike. It so is. And the guy who was oh, bashing kidding. on I'm Mike kidding. was Mike. Hi. I like being bashed on. Not really, but I exactly. <laughs> oh, trust me. There's a lot more bashing on Mike to come. <laughs> not just me. No, no, no. But, you know, you notice when you followed my directions there, all of a sudden your speakers worked right. Yeah, when you followed mine. We yeah, exactly. <laughs> get to that later. <laughs> okay, so we'll start off real quick down in Auckland because it started first. It Auckland! out the first time. Um, and I'm going to attempt to uh, pronounce all these names in the top eight. So, <laughs> our first match came down to Teruka Kakume, 2-1 over Jacques Van Aden. Uh, we had Jean Bergman, 2-0 over Dylan Goldsmith. We have Matlin Cameron, 2-1 over Jason Chung. We have Yifan Wei. He lost to Fabian Dickman. Dickman. 2-1. So that's our quarterfinals. In our semis, we have Taruka Kakume. He wins 2-1 over John Bergman. We have Maitland Cameron over Mr. Dickman. Oh, so sad. I know that's the last time we get to say Dickman. Dickman. Yeah. And Taruka Kakume. Wins this thing 2-0 over Madeline Cameron. This was Thanks a- get rid of that game. That would be- yeah, I know. <laughs> hey, it, you know what? In three tries, I think I got it right the last time. Yeah, I was gonna ask you if that's my A. Is the last, the, the last little dip on there, the A-E, is that pronounced that as I? I, I would pronounce that nay. Okay. Oh, it'd be A-I if we were to get that second, uh. I sounding letter, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's how I pronounce it. I don't know. Um, I found out this weekend that I'm not as good at Japanese as, well, I'm, I'm a little out of practice. I was once better than I am now. I found that out when I was trying to talk to Japanese players. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully you at least had the excuse of being drunk before trying to do so. No, but he spoke English as well as I spoke Japanese, so it went over very oh, well. That was good. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> at least he knows you're trying. Yeah, he, oh, he absolutely did. I mean, it was cool. Um, it was Saito, by the way. Oh, that's awesome. Saito is my favorite. Yeah, I had to yeah. chat with Saito when I had a chance in it. Oh, my God. I tried. Oh. He tried. Oh, fanboy. It was fair. Um, Gushing. Absolutely. So, Maitland Cameron. We'll start with his, uh, he's running an Abzan deck with highlights of an Ivory Cusp Fortress. In end hostilities. Oh, baby. Um, his instance, he has a throttle and obzon charm, two grim talk. Two, two, two grim contests to go with his, like, archer's parapet. You know, Sagu archer and... Rotting mastodon. Right. It's yeah. that He has a harsh sustenance and a valorous stance as well. That's a sweet package. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Um, he has a sideboard that consists of plenty of sideboard fodder, realistically. He has, like, three rotting mastodons in there if he needs to wow. worry about, you know, getting big blockers down on the field. I mean, it's actually kind of weird to see the Obzon Kin Guard in the sideboard. I mean, that thing gets lifelink and it's pretty beefy. But yeah, I mean, he definitely has enough black permanence. He starts like a soggy archer or a, an unyielding Kumar over it. I don't mind the Kumar. Uh, the archer's a little odd. Uh, be like the Krumar I don't mind mainly because I mean, it's it, so black heavy. Like it's it, it's a heavy black deck with a splash of white green. 
Yeah, I mean, the Archer is literally, though, his only reach creature. So, I mean, I can kind of understand that. And with the Krumar being a first strike and a better brawler, I'd see that being better than Typhoon. Right. I mean, he's, he's, like, super, super as it. I mean, he does have three Krumar, though. Like, at one point, like, at what point do you just say, okay, I have enough of this and just try something a bit different? Like, you can guard of the formless nurturing to go to uh, Tyvery Tusk Fortress. Well, what you're asking yourself there, quite literally, is... Is situational first strike better than situational lifelink? And if you made the decision that situational first strike is in fact better, then why would you try to smooth that out rather than just play the better card? That is true. And Will's not arguing with me, so I'm going to guess I'm right. No, I mean, I'm definitely going to agree with Mr. Cameron. I'm just going to try and learn his long sackiness. Right. He got into the finals of a GP that did not right. have a lot of players. Yeah. Uh, day two was X3. There, so awesome! It's so sick. Yeah, it did not have a lot of players. Um, so Mr. Kakume's deck, he was rocking. It appears to be some Mardu. Yeah, straight up Mardu interface. Yeah, when you have Kolagon, the Storm, Storm's Fury finisher. <laughs> it's it's pretty good. It yeah. really is pretty good. Also, just love the two Mardu charms, two two Burnways, and a murderous cut. Like not fucking around. We'll hey, he's got a banner in there. He does have a banner in there. I don't like that. I've seen I've seen a lot. Not only that, but he has eighteen lands as well. But like, if you look at his, three... he's not playing Shock Maw Dragon. Wow. Well, yeah, I mean, like... He went with Noxious Dragon over it, I agree with yeah, that. Yeah, he also yeah. has... He has Noxious and Ward Scale. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. Yeah. He, has, he has three different six mana, you know, or five that's or six mana dragons in his list. Plus, he has Atonyback Brigades. He's, like, definitely not the Mardu aggro list. He's the Mardu mid... You know, late mid-game deck, too. Just he have. doesn't have Harsh Sustenance in, which is also a bit odd to me. Harsh Sustenance is in his board? Yeah. He has two Ponybacks, and Harsh Sustenance is in his board. I mean, it, 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 it is still a conditional card. I suppose. No, but like, I could definitely see having that over a Jeskai student being happier. Uh, not okay. in this deck, he needs the two drops. He yeah, I don't have a banner. But if he's already playing 18 lands, does he really need the banner? What the fuck world are you talking from? Did you just turn on an aquarium pump? No. It's not, your mic moved and then it got bad. Oh. Oh. <laughs> that sounds a lot better. Okay, so, um, I don't know, like, I'm looking at that and I'm just saying, okay, he has 15 creatures, he has, you know, six spells. Uh, Tormenting Voice, pretty good. A yeah, Murderous Cut, good. pretty good. Two Burn Away, pretty good. Two Mardu Charm, really good. Now, whether or not you want to play that over the banner or not, like, that, that can be argued. But with his lack of uh, early drops, because he really doesn't have many, um, you can't take out the student because he needs that two drop. Um, he has that in War Name Aspirin and one Leaping Master. That's it. He's a Bonkin. I guess he does. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he, you know, he's he's pretty well and a rat. creatured throughout the curve. Like, definitely has has guys at every point on curve. His, his three drop is a little light, but he has more spells. So. Yeah, and as far as the rat goes, I mean, he chose rat over Carsey High Priest, which in this set or in this absolutely correct. in this deck is correct. So I, I don't worry about that. Um. Yeah. Anyway, he won, so we're all uh, arguing over nonsense because obviously playing a bellowing Sadover on turn four into a Colagon is really good. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a thing? Did that happen? Uh, I'm sure it did at some point. <laughs> Disaster. Okay, so who else do we have here that we want to talk about? Because I don't want to talk about the, the straight loser decks. So Mr. Yeah. Dickman, he got through a round. So, sure did. So we will talk about Mr. Dickman's deck. He's got some blue-white floating around here uh, with a little bit of red. It's a slight Jeskai deck, um, but it's mainly blue-white. 
He has two master the ways to get as, as a red slash. Doesn't make people have to force these guys a pearl like engine. Three weapon master. So that, so he has like three three theoretical red cards. Right. Which I'm fine with. Um, yeah. Master's really good. It is. Especially when you have Icy Blast to bring back. It's true. Or Warden, I'm thinking. He has that Warden of the Eye to bring back Icy Blast. Oh yeah, that guy's red too. Yeah, so good. Warden of the Eye, Icy Blast. Yeah, I think that's a game if you can do that. Probably. <laughs> Probably. I mean, it's, it's hard to get out of that one. He has elite scale guard too, like so good. Yeah, definitely has some dudes. You know, he just he doesn't quite have all of what he needs in the dudes. He's he's really five drop heavy with creatures. Or I mean, aside from like the Sandstep Outcast, Crosswalker. Right, his sideboard is pretty bad. Doesn't have a lot to bring in. No, he barely has the playables. You know, yeah. Abzan Advantage is reasonable. Stubborn Denial is maybe reasonable. But outside of that, he really doesn't have much. Like, like two Aven skirmishers and a trumpet blast. If he wants to go crazy aggro. He he could bring in a swift kick if he absolutely needed it. Um, but Focus against opposing elite scale guards, maybe, but... It's <laughs> a little thin. That's a stretch. Yeah. That's a bit of a stretch. Um, Mr. Bergman, he was their other semifinal competitor, and he is rocking him some blue, red, green. And he is rocking Savage Knuckleblade. He is rocking Avalanche Tusker. He is rocking Bear's Companion. He's got three Snowhorn Riders. Those are good oh. props. Goblin Heel Cutter, Team of Charm, Battle Rage, Thematic Revelation to draw. Dude, I really like this deck. Like, he's yeah. got a Whisperer of the Woods. It's got that smoldering of in there for you. I fucking hate that. Dude, I saw so much of that card this weekend in Cleveland. Like, People play it. I just, I, 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 mean, I, I totally agree with you. That it's it's good. Good. I mean, when you need the aggro, the two power two drop, there. It's like actively worse than, I would say it's worth it worse than both Valley Dasher and Nest. It's, it's Highland considerably game. worse than the Leaping Bastard. Hey, he's got Highland Game to mitigate that damage. Okay. Well, yeah, there you go. That's fair. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I think this is a sweet list. Uh, I mean, I, he doesn't have any of the four two bears for three, which I'm disappointed of. But like, aside from that, this, I mean, this deck is awesome. Yeah, but be- that Mastodon to top the curve out between Rattleclaw Mystic and Whisper of the Wilds, like he's not really playing too many three drops that he needs to anyway, right? Okay. I mean, he's hopefully like, curving yeah, out on four on three, you know? Yeah, that hasty knuckleblade. Unless he's going ahead and you know putting down a, a morphed Snowhorn Rider, which again, not also, bad. Also, I just I really have an affinity for there. So do I. I. I like it. It just it's so early to set up your um ferocious exactly i mean he's not really a ferocious deck by any but no. it's, a, it's a sweet list like the teamer charm winter flame you know, teamer battle rage like his, his instance are cool he has a lot of different angles he possibly has. right and he's drawing cards off of that shamanic revelation too yeah for sure like i mean he can't super super abuse it i'm not sure how great the card is it is good and he will gain light too. Uh, if, if if he can draw three cards off of it for five that's great that's fine and if he's ferocious and he gains four life for each um, you know, that, that's also better. So, like, yeah. if you're gaining 12 life and drawing three cards, like, you can take a turn off. Yeah, I mean, that, that would be, that would be really nice, for sure. I'd expect to be somewhere like four to eight life for your card. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that'd be probably more average. But, I mean, like, like we said, I mean, he's got the early Savage Knuckle Blade, you know, that's a three drop that he could be drawing a card off of. It, uh, I mean, there's, Canyon, making it a definitely, can reload, I'm sure. Yeah. Okay, so that was uh that part of Auckland. Um, let's see, they have top five cards. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do some top five cards. Debilitating Injury. Card's really good. Yep, I'm glad that it's back. Yeah. Uh, Goblin Heel Cutter. That card's good. That good card. That card's, yeah, it's, it's pretty puffing hand block. That card's good. Yeah, Falter Effect's good. And limited. Go figure. Um, Coligon, the Storm's Fury. 
Um, I mean, it's it's a great rare. Uh, wow, yeah. He's a 5-5, five, five, um, well, 4-5, but you're attacking every turn. Elite Scale Guard's good, it appears, as well. It, it, it's a mythic uncommon. Yeah. Oh, and Bellowing Saddle Brute. So I'm guessing Bellowing Saddle Brute in the Colagon did, in fact, happen. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. It's like I attack with two five fives on five. Yeah, that's pretty solid. <laughs> and you don't get to kill my Storm's Fury because it's going back in my hand. So nice. Um, so that was Auckland. Uh, again, very few players did show up to this. I know that X3 got a few of them today too because it was that little of amount of players. It's sweet, though. It it's, is. I, I think that there need to be a couple of those, too, especially in, in a place like that, which is not a lot of math players. I'm glad that it didn't, like, get totally overrun by, you know, nat- or national. Right. Well, I mean, especially with something like Auckland, where, you know, it's just on the small island of New Zealand. and Yeah, I imagine travel there was not cheap. Probably not. It's probably not the... I mean, Auckland is better than some places in New Zealand as far as, like tourism and hotels and things like that, but I'm also assuming that it's probably not up to par as, like, one of the major U.S. hubs. I don't know. Yeah, neither have I. This is all assumptions. I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's their capital. Yeah. Um, So there's that, and then we go to Cleveland, which I know me and Mike was at, and Will was home drinking. I was home drinking. So in the end, he won. Yeah. He spent less money, and... But we had more fun. I mean, probably. probably. Yeah, you're probably right. It's true. I, you know, I mean, I thought about going, but uh, I just, it just wasn't in the cards. I hear you, man. I hear you. Um, so our top eight broke down as such with Gerard Fabiano. Woo! G-Fab's making it. Jesus. Uh, and he gets to play against Christian Calcano. That's a sweet match. Dude, it was something like 17 of the top 25 players in the world were there. Yeah. Seven out of the top 10. Yeah, this is pretty sick. Uh, so Fabiano wins 2-0. Jake Mondello, uh, 2-1 over Ross Merriam. Bill Sang, 2-0 over Eric Blanchett. Uh, Andrew Cunio, he goes 2-0 against Yuya Watanabe. Pittsburgh local, motherfucker. Yeah, that's not exactly an easy matchup either. Dude, that was such a sweet match. Did you did you actually catch that? I was driving I, home. Yeah, I figured. Yeah, same. I, I didn't watch it, but I did hear about what happened. Yeah, Cunio got to uh, play Howl of the Horde twice in the game. The first one, he played it on a Tormenting Force to draw, or discard one, draw six. Oh. And then the second time, he just dealt 12 with a Jeskai Charm. Is pretty fucking spicy. <laughs> yeah, it sounds it. Um, yeah. I mean, Yuya's deck was awesome. It was a really, really good um, uh, black-white-red deck. Just like, Cuneo was tricky. So out of the top eight, there's only one player I've never heard of. Yeah. Bill Sang. Yep. So, yeah, yeah. You, you know what's going to happen, right? If there's only one player I've never heard of on there, and Will's never heard of on there, then, yeah. Uh, so, I got a really effective draft strategy with 9-0. Or, sorry, spoiler alert, 9-0 and draft on that day. Seems good. Uh, so yeah. Bill Sang, he beats Andrew Cunio 2-0. Jake Mondello takes down G-Fabs, who literally was just running rough shot on day one. It was insane. Yeah, he's playing. I mean, he understands this set. I don't know for sure. Yeah, he's been playing this set in standard and in limited. Uh, this is as good as I've seen him in five years playing this uh, game. I feel like it's probably even longer than that, probably since, like, the Gallabach era. You know, when... Yeah, maybe. I mean, it's been a while since he's been this on. I mean, he's no, always he's, he's kind of been there. But, I mean, like, recently he's been putting up numbers. Every top eights every week. Top eights every week. Yeah. Seriously. Like, at Star City Games or Grand Prix, he's putting up top eights every week. If he can translate this into some potential success, you're really, really going to have some here. Yeah, I think I might be uh, leaning towards a, a different pick this time for the uh, yeah. Pro Tour draft. I think, I mean, I think he's he's definitely a hot hand for a, for a Grand Prix draft. He's like an almost auto lock. Right. So then we have in our finals Jake Modello versus Bill Sag. And Bill Sag wins 2-1. Uh, Will said he has an interesting draft strategy. 
Yeah, he's basically just playing red aggro all day long. He was he, he did uh, two copies of red white in the Swiss, just like Avon skirmisher, act of treason aggro, basically just as as fast as he can get and like really emphasizing act of treason collateral damage. He went uh, red blue in the final or in the final draft. I see Shu Yun. Yeah, that was definitely his first pick. That's why he went red. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. a reason to go blue. Yeah, he he opened that, and and that's what it was. But it's just basically the whole idea is that all of these you know, bad red cards that are like undervalued. Well, Martyr actually, Scout is Mar- Martyr Scout's one of the his prime examples. He says in pack one he feels like he can get that fifth and sixth pick where it's a third fourth fall card because of the red red. It tends to go a couple picks later, and, and that's like that's essentially what he's talking talk about. He's focused on like Martyr Scouts, Act of Treasons, um, uh, collateral damage, you know. Just, just any way to, to go real path, right? Right, right. So he does have a humble defector. Interesting. Um, three valley there. dashers. So like that is definitely his idea. He's like, yeah, you know, Mark valley Scott, dasher. Valley dash. uh, he has a bathing dragon fire, two arrow storm, two active treasons, a hoarding outburst. So yeah, I mean those active treasons are basically steal that. So, Ooh, he has an icy blast. Go figure. He got to in the finals. He got to um, take a. Uh, hang on, I gotta, I gotta get the name of the guy. That is a giant elephant. The uh, avalanche tusk or. Avalanche Tusker, not the rare. Yeah. Does so he, make something block it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he, he steals an Avalanche Tusker and then attacks into a 4-4 long shot squad. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> so good. <laughs> like, wow. Oh, man. Beats. Yeah. Oh, it's, I mean, so it's like you just put so much pressure on these guys early when they're trying to get off the mana. And like, yeah, you have suboptimal cards, but really they're good enough for the turns you need them. Yeah, that realistically was the theme of the, uh, the tournament that I noticed where people were just trying to get fast. Yeah. I really I think that the, the cards in middle set really allow that to happen. Like it's not nearly as dirtily as it was when it was just trip Hans and you're just trying to play all five colors. Like this time if you have the speed you really do something. Mm-hmm. Unless you're not wasting picks of drafts on picks, you know, you're actually just getting more play of bars. Right. Just getting fucking things to just beat face with. I mean like he has Avon Surveyor in his sideboard. That should give you a hint on how quick he wants to be. Yeah, in a blue deck. Right. Four yeah, drops right. too too slow. Yeah, but he, he he is playing as his five turn turn five guy, he's playing like huge stone tank, you know, cast a two drop and then get a four guy out. So just kind of a, I mean, I I really like drafting this way in this set. I think it's been really good. And uh, the three Mardu Scout, three Valley Dasher, just really really pushes this deck. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's like, especially Valley Dasher, like you know, Mardu Scout. I I, I, I mean, he get catches he, that. he catches up in two turns. Yeah, but Valley Dasher is like a bad card, right? Right. It is that. I mean, like humbling defector, smoldering your feet. I mean, these aren't cards I want to run. But if this is no. your plan, dude, and you're running, you know. Things that make it work, then hell. He just has like eleven bears in his deck, and his and his curve is top by three drops, like Shu Yun, Bloodfire Ma- Bloodfire Expert, and Huge Storm Changer. Those are the to do that. Right, like he has a singing bell strike, which is actively good in this deck because oh, uh, incredible deck. It's never going to make it to turn six. Right, if it makes it to turn six, you probably lost anyway. No, it's terror. <laughs> but you know, it was odd though. In like in one of the finals games, which went to three, uh, I mean, it did require the act of treason play I talked about earlier. But he did go long against uh, a fully assembled uh, team deck. Right. That he and he, he just actively ran him out of cards and won with a little piece. Yeah. And that was Jake Mondello's deck, which we're going to go over in one second as soon as my computer quits moving. <laughs> Scroll button. Scroll button. So, I mean, and yeah, dude, this deck is sweet. Uh, Feral Crew Shot, Misfire Weaver. Um, two Avalanche, two avalanche Tuskers. Tuskers. Yeah, that 4-4 like, long shot squad is actually 3-3, three, three, but, you know, it gets bigger. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you can you can make it bigger pretty. Yeah, cloud like, forms and just pretty stuff. Lots of fat. Lots of fat and then, like, a pretty reasonable manifest, though. Goddamn, both players who made it to the finals had Icy Blast. Oh, good thing they didn't both end up in the blue-red deck. Right? Oh, wait, they did. Tusker touches red. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is definitely. It's, yeah, it's Teamer, but it's closer to, like, green, blue, splash red. Yeah, I, you know, it's a fine deck. I think it's a, a little bit fat, but he, he has some nice defensive guys early to uh, hold or down. Mm-hmm. So, so G-Fab's just playing Saltai, uh, and I'm just going to assume that there's a Rakshasha secret in it. There's there's one. Yeah, we got to watch him draft on the coverage. And, like The the coverage team was not real enthused by the draft. They thought it was not a sweet deck. And like, Dude, they never are enthused with his decks. They, they're he's, just like Rakshasha's. That's what, that's what they talked about. They, they made the reference to him being a Southpaw, and I think it's really clever like he he plays with cards that other people don't that are but uh, like yeah they're bad cards but it's not like magic 15 years ago when the bad card when there's like you know, 30 unplayable cards and a spoiler like, like really bad cards are really really good these days so yeah. if you if you play them just that little bit better than your opponent then it doesn't really matter as much and like was able to to just oh man he used a mardu skull hunter and a uh whisk away to get rid of like uh oh the uh, archer parapet yeah maybe maybe it wasn't a whisk away it would have had to been it, it was uh, he, yeah, has, it was he has he has to have a bounce spell on the sideboard he blocked no wait well yeah he blocked the uh oh, he blocked with the parapet blocked, and then he bounced. Yeah, that's right that's right blocks with the parapet and then is able to skull hunter it in you so know, is this ponyback brigade a it's ponyback brigade well, oh, okay then yeah no, it really is a pony back brigade. He he discarded it in game one, so it was in the deck. It's so just, just, it a, two, two, just a gray odor. That's all, all right. it is. Yep, two two for three. G Fabs. <laughs> so sick. I mean, his yeah. he, he starts off with his disowned ancestor to try to gum up the board early. And then, you know, he starts using all that tempo from the Avon Surveyor, from the Whisk Away, from his murders cutting his throttles, to just... Yeah, if he gets to the two-throttle phase of the game, he's probably going to win. And, yeah. like, you know, two bitter revelations and a treasure cruise continue to fill his hand up. Right. Just, like, has a lot of nice spell-filling mechanics with a, the Rakshasa Secret and the Skull, the Saltai Skullkeeper. Right, and his Rakshasa Visor just gets so big. He actually did make it uh, into an 8-8. I, I can see it, dude. Yeah. I, I can see it. I'm, I'm sure Abomination oh. and Gadol won him some games. Well, how about the, uh, was it in the final, in the quarterfinals when his opponent went for Hunt the Week on the Vizier and he responds with Murderous yeah, Cut? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he goes, Murderous Cut, kill your other guy. <laughs> like, my dude ate eight. Like, whoa. Yeah, G-Fab, that guy. <laughs> That's he absurd. understands the game, you know. He really, really does. I would hope so, as long as he's been playing it. Ugh. I mean, he's he's gotten some years on this game. and Not yeah. just that, he's gotten years at the top levels. Like, I've been playing a long time, but I don't have years at the top levels. I like this guy, man. No. Just, just knows exactly what pieces he needs for his deck. Like, who else is going to run the Pony Back Brigade? When you have other stuff that's totally playable, like, you could have put a Sintel Strike in, you know, or, like, Right of Undoing or a Banner or something like that, but just knows he's a dude. Yep, and then Andrew Kinio, he's going to round out our top four. Uh, the deck's worth definitely going over, you know what I mean? Um, and he's got the blue, red, white, yeah, I mean, he has to see a Master, Mastery of the Unseen, which is the ultimate draw card. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't see the semifinals, but he didn't play it at all in quarters. The quarters were just all about the Hollow the Horde. Uh, it's a okay. pet card of his. I guess he's drafted it like 30 times online. Thinks it's, thinks it's actively good. I've played in a standard tournament before. Yeah, it's just like, the game was relatively even against Yuya, and then he just destroyed him with... He has a wall of roots in there. I'm sure that's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah, I, I'd say that's a uh, mistype. <laughs> uh, I don't know what that is. And neither do I, but it's not a wall of roots. So that it's much definitely uh, not a wall of roots, for sure. I was going to say Jeskai Barricade, but they already have that in there. Yeah, they listed that. Um, I'm trying to think of what the thing could be. In 05, I'm going to guess Parapet. 
No, because he's not blue. Non-green deck? Yeah, he's not green, that's true. It'd be the, uh, not, the, not the monastery that's flock, maybe. Probably. Could be. I don't see one listed in the sideboard, so it might be that. If, um, do they have the one five flyer listed? Because I know, I'm pretty sure he had one of those. Where did he, uh, where did he, uh, um, no, they do not. No, they don't, so that's it. Yeah. I think that might be what it is. I don't know. Yeah, so that's how our top eight broke down with uh top five cards, which, you know, well, we went over with the other one. Let's go over with this one, too. Uh, they're weird for this one. I bet. So our top five cards break down as such. Uh, Tranquil Cove and its nine friends. Uh, yeah, those things are really good. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, like I, I played Magic long enough ago that standard decks had, like, lands worse than this in it. Like, right. Coastal Tower was just actively worse than this, and it was uncommon, and it was in, it was a four of in every standard deck. Right. Even when, uh, what was that, Cold Snap came out, their lands. I mean, yeah. you played them in standard. Yeah, of course you did, and they were just actively worse than this. They were just snow and didn't gain you life. Right. Uh, God damn. So we have Power Whisper of the Wilds, which, you know, that card is just pushes things over the top it's, in so many it's decks. It's really crazy how easy it is to go, like, you, you play a four-mana guy who gets you ferocious, and then you play a seven-mana guy the next turn, and it's, it's just huge. Right. Yeah. It pushes you forward so much, it's unreal. Yeah, we have Active Treason here, which, you know, we talked about the uh, Avalanche Tusker play, yeah. and that's its big reason for being here. We have Dragon Scale Boon. Interesting. It was pretty pretty good in the finals for uh, uh the, or not the not finals, but throughout top eight for the finalists, not for Mandela. Yeah. Thing. Um, and icy blast because we did see, like I said, both finalists had them in their deck. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> yeah, it is. Dude, I mean, like I've never passed one. Yeah, two turns, two, turn, two turns off of off combat. Your opponent's gonna. Use. Did you skip the dragon scale boon? No, I said it. Yeah. Oh, I uh, yeah. just blanked out then. Yeah, you just wasn't paying attention to this. So, um, yeah. So if you if you see if you see red cards in pack one, uh, get on Bill Sang's list and you know go just go for the active trees in pack one. Ready to pick one fourth there? Right. You got a few more weeks of this online. You got you know at least a week of this in paper. Knock yourself out, man. Um. So I know people were wondering, you know. Know, our results from GP Cleveland. I went. Mike went. Um, so I, I came in zeroth place. Will did. Um, he took the O O O drop. Um, so here was my deck, and I had 15 creatures. One of them was a Carsey Highest Priest. Then I had a Jeskai Student, a Gurmog Swiftwing, one Whisperer of the Wild, a Hooded Assassin, an Archers of Carsey, a Saltai Flyer, an Armament Core, one Feral Crew Shock, a Sagu Archer, a Rotting Mastodon, an Alvazon Guide, a Teamer War Shaman, a Gurmog Angler, a Shambling Attendance. I had one Enchantment. It was a Mastery of the Unseen. I had seven Instants, one Feeder Resistance, one Kin Tree Invocation, one Kill Shot, one Grim Contest, one Return to the Earth, one Death Frenzy, and one Crux of Fate. My lands were as follows. Seven 17 of them, 3 planes, 6 fours, 5 swamp, 1 jungle hollow, 1 blossoming sands, and 1 windswept heath. My one sideboard card of note was Bitter Revelation. Um, so my deck was kind of nuts, uh, not going to lie, but I fell into the Abzan Mirror Match Hell, and I went 1-1-2, one, one, and two, and both of the games that I uh, drew, my opponent got their win by me uh, decking myself. Awkward. The one game the guy was taking uh, Teamer Sabretooth? And every turn, bouncing a Mardu Horde Chief to keep that up with my, sucks. yeah, just to keep up with the the length I could get with mastery. Um, so that definitely, you know, I decked myself and lost that. We ended up drawing the game. Um, I got my two draws back to back as soon as I fell into Abzan Hell, which was like six. Minutes. Yeah, I can't even imagine it, dude. Like, definitely, you know, people complain a lot about blue control decks and constructed formats, but, like, Abzan Limited is off. Yeah, it really is. Like, I tried to make oh, this salt God. tie. I really did. I tried to make it salt tie, and I'm just looking at it going, 
you know, the white is so much better than the blue. Yeah, I mean, you, you have Master Games. Like, I have to build the right deck. You know, I have to build the best deck. It's the one that I'm not going to like. And I ended up going 1-1-2. I, I can't, I mean, really complain. I played extremely well. There was just literally nothing I could do about it. It was just, like, I played swiftly and everything. All my draws went to game three, and, like, I decked myself twice. So it wasn't like I was playing slow or anything. It just kind of happened. Um... Yeah, so that's that's how my day went. Uh, Mike's went a little bit better, but he didn't have abs in hell. Mike, why don't you tell him? Uh, I ended up going uh, four and three, dropped out round seven. Um, played Mardu. I thought my deck was pretty good. Angelo thinks I built wrong. He did. He had a salt eye deck. I went for fixing over what I thought was maybe slightly more powerful. I, I will point out. Uh, I had the five. He, he keeps saying this that you know he thinks I'm wrong, but I also had Jason all look at it. He said the same thing I said. Okay. So. Yeah, but you know, it also said it like, wasn't bad, like, it was a fine deck. No, it was a fine deck. Yeah, like, deck. I agree, like, looking back at it, I should have looked at Green more. Like, I looked at my fixing first, and then I went off of that, so that was probably one of my mistakes, but my deck was as follows. A Descend, a Descend Ancestor, Soul Pan Emissary, Marty Horty, Hooded Assassin, Four Gorse Line, uh, Obgun Sky Captain, Dagatar, Marty War Shrieker, Bellowing Satterbrute, and Butcher of the Horde Creatures. I had a kill shot, a sandblast, two dowsing gloom, a bitter revelation, a bring low, a pyrotechnic, two aerostorm, and a citadel sea. I had 17 lands, one blood cell cave, two scoured barons, four plains, three swamp, and seven mountains. Yeah. I mean, it's a fine deck, dude. I'm not saying your deck's bad. I just would have went Wait. salt high and splashed white for the citadel sea. And yeah, I, like, I, I like my green. <laughs> I just didn't like it much. Like, I didn't think it was... I mean, it was good, but, like, I didn't see anything trying to pull me in that direction. Right. So... Mm, it's fair. I mean, you had a good day, all in all. I mean, 4-3 with no buys, right? Yeah, Kyle started out 5-1 with no buys. I mean, then so that's to, really good. Yeah, but then he proceeded to wash out. Yeah, he lost two straight at that. Yeah, that's tough, man. That that late-day fatigue gets you, man. That's where you got to have yeah, your team back in My Carlo did the best. I dropped 7, Kyle dropped 8, and uh, Jesse, who uh, had two buys, dropped out ninth. He lost his winning in for day two. Yeah, Jesse Green's pretty so decent magic domino back. Like, I lost, he lost, he lost. Yeah, so, you got to get that support, man. Got to go get food and, and, and stuff and like that, was, man. Caffeine and cheerlead. Angelo and I went for, you know, food beer and titty, so. Oh, yeah, I went for food. I went for food early. I was all about it. Um, that's so good. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. We had a good time, but, um, yeah, so that's how we finished our GPs. We'll get into the actual stories from the GP later, because there's plenty of them, but f- for now, we're going to take a quick break, and we will return in a moment. Do I got something for you? Listen, we all got this habit, and we need somebody to give us our fix. We need our seal product for our drafts and our seal events. We need our freaking singles for our standard and modern decks. We need a place to put all those things, such as boxes and binders. Well, I know I'm going to go to Titan Game Shop and pick mine up. You can order them as well at TitanGameShop.com, T-A-I-T-A-N, GameShop.com. Why go to the big box stores? This store is on the come up. Be there on the ground floor with us. Trust me, you'll enjoy the fact that you tried it out. Also, if you do buy from them, look, just let them know that the imp sent you there. We'd really appreciate that. If you live in the Pittsburgh area by chance, tournaments left and right at this place. A draft can fire damn near any day of the week, and they have their Friday Night Magic. They have PPTQs. They have IQs. They have GPTs. They got pre-releases in every other th- type of tournament you could possibly want to play in. So listen, whether you're here or you are away from here, check the store out. Check the website out. Compare their prices to some of the other ones. You might be playing 
was I believe you're going to be pleasantly surprised by it. And thank you if you do check it out. Remember to let them know we sent you. Okay, we're back. Um, Magic Online made some announcements today. Of course, the one time I don't leave room in the show notes for something to be added, I gotta fucking add something, right? Um, and normally I don't do too much talking about their things anymore, like, cause something new pops up every week on Magic Online. However, a major change is happening to the way prize structure is given out on any draft short of the current formatted draft. Um, before they always did four, three, two, twos. Starting this week, which you might have noticed this already, on Rise of the Eldrazi drafts, which kind of begin after the downtime on the 18th, you, Rise of the Eldrazi drafts are paying out 6-2-2-2, and they are Swiss events, rather than 4-3-2-2 single elimination. That's exciting. Actually, it is. I, I think that's Yeah, no, cool. I, I really actually just like the format 6-2-2-2 Swiss event that, like, it feels really good. Yeah, one win gets you nothing, but two wins is going to guarantee you your two packs like you'd have at any Swiss event. Yeah. But if you're lucky enough to pull that win, you get six packs or... Or what you like to do, Will. Yeah, it's a 4-4 split in finals, which is great. And, like, and it encourages you to, I mean, it can to continue playing even if just the funsies because it's an older set, not a sweet. Right. Well, yeah, which is really the like, cool part. Like, if I Mirage Block draft and wash out, I still want to play the third game. Right. That's exactly it. Like, I think I would stick around for it. And oh. Why the hell not, right? Because you haven't done it in so long. And I know a lot of the flashback drafts, like, th- those are bad feelings when you, you do get knocked out in the first round. You're yeah, like, Fuck, exactly. I haven't drafted just, this in forever. Yeah, you just want to play those parts. Right. And I like Rise of the Eldrazi, so I can see me actually doing some of these flashbacks this week. I love Rise of the Eldrazi and Limited. Yeah, I didn't care for it. There was the one white card that really, really bummed me out. The one that just says, like, eight mana, tap all creatures. Like, if you if you don't have the just actual card to deal with it, like, if you're not in black or red, basically, you can't ever have a late game that to be that. It's so, so frustrating. Ah, you drop your uh, Artisan of Kozilek. Yeah, but it's never going to get a chance to attack. Yeah, I know. You gotta, you don't get, gotta have it down first. Yeah, like, you you need to, I mean, it's just, it was a card that if they went black or red, it was So if you see this card, it's like a three mana white bird. Pick it. Yeah, I, I, damn it, I can't remember the name of that. Twilight Skirmish. Yeah. Oh, God. It says seven white half all creatures. Right? <laughs> you just do it every turn. It's so dumb. It is. You don't <laughs> ever need to play another card again. Just graveyard if you have to. You just keep tapping that seven. Um, so, also, since we're on this, uh, the Mopar was announced for, for March 25th through April 29th. And we got some good cards here for the uh, event promo. You know, this is just participating in so many events and you get this. It's uh, Dragon Lord's Servant, which is dragon spells you cast cost one less to cast. That's a one, three for two. Um, and if you spend money, uh, I believe it's 20 bucks you have to spend on tickets and stuff, you get a suspension field. Which is pretty tits. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. And, oh, and by the way, if you qualify for mocks, you get a damnation. Yeah, it's the textless, the uh, full art damnation, sweet art. Yeah, it looks like, a, dude, I don't care how many times I see this, because, like, I've owned these over the years, and yeah. I always, for some reason, maybe, I know what it is, it's because I've been playing so long, but, like, I feel like this would be an awesome breeding pit art. Oh, for sure. And it reminds me more of that than a damnation, you know what I mean? But it's still a very, very sweet art and a very sweet card. And does this mean that it's going to be in Modern Masters 2? Maybe, and maybe not. We don't know. (laughs) It would be. It needs to show up sooner or later. Like, damnation needs to be easier to get a hold of for the modern players. Right. So, holy hell, Mike's talking. I can't hear you, brother. (laughs) Sorry. Oh, that was definitely better. You're coming in like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, if you're talking now, we can't even tell. <coughs> okay, Mike. Uh, that was Mike. <laughs> 
Um, he was saying something about damnation there, I think, or he wasn't. I really don't know because I couldn't hear it any better than you could. Like, if they didn't put it in from the Vault Annihilation, Modern Masters would probably be the ideal set to put it in if they were going to reprint it uh, soon. Amazing. Hold your mic there. Got it. Uh, look, folks, I know last week was bad on the technical issues. This week has been better thus far. We're still trying to work out some of these bugs with young Mr. Broderick over there. <laughs> I don't know what happened. The first two episodes went well, and then... Well, the first I... episode, you barely talked, so that helps. Yeah, but, like, the week after, the mic setup seemed fine, and then last week, it all went to shit. It did. We're not going to lie. So do I. Because, yeah. Hey, don't blame me. No, no, no. I mean, you're... I think he is in the cyborg. Yeah. So, but something cool happened when we was in Cleveland, guys. And like, now a lot of this is off the record. Um, so there's a lot of this that I can't say. But I got like a two, two and a half hour sit down interview with uh, Tom Shea. He is the head of uh, TJ Collectibles. He is a tournament organizer at a GP level. And we sat down and we talked a lot about the future of you know GPs and what we can expect as players, you know. And some of the things they need to do for us and some of the things that we need to learn to accept from them. Because the truth is, uh, and we're paying a little bit less than we should, according to the tournament organizer. And, again, a lot of this was off the record, so I can't give you the hard numbers he gave me. But he gave me hard numbers, like what the hall cost, what this cost, and that cost. And, you know, when you do all the numbers and you put them all together, you go, holy hell, how do you make a dime? And that's kind of an issue. And what he said was two years ago, GP players should have been paying $100 per for the main event. It is. And they're aware of that and everything else. But this is something that is going to occur within the next two years. So I am your outlet to be warned for this. Don't yell at me, however, because trust me, I tried to defend us as much as I possibly could. His reasoning for this is the vendors are just tap. Um, what they charge vendors for a single table, and like you count their tables, and then you say, okay, for each one of those tables that they have sitting there, they paid X amount of dollars. Now, come up with a number in your head. It's too low. Trust me. <laughs> All right? You're not aiming high enough. Whatever number to just pop in your head, it's too low. Okay, now that second one that popped into your head, it's too low. They're paying that much. Um and then you also have the hall rental, which is with all these new convention centers going up all over the country and everything, these hall rentals for three days, and it's actually, we don't realize this because, you know, we just figure it's there for three days. They rent the hall for five days because they have set up and all that other garbage that goes on. So They probably run it for like Thursday through Tuesday, set up, tear down. No, it's actually Wednesday. <laughs> really? It's Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and they rip down Sunday night. And they're out of there. But because they don't know what time exactly they're going to arrive on Wednesday, plus their inventory is supposed to arrive on Wednesday at the GP Hall. So they must have a place to put that. And the only way to have a place to put that is to rent out the hall for said day. I mean, I'm sure it's a lot of, I'm sure a lot of money. At the same time, I also believe in a theory that it's possible. No, they no, they they openly admit this, and I will get to some of the things they're going to do for us in a moment. I just want to go over the reasons to begin with why this costs more than we realize. Um, there's, teams, there's teamsters that they have to pay for. Like they're not allowed to bring anything out of their trucks into these halls by themselves. They have to pay the union. And this is sometimes two, three times over a weekend they have to pay the union workers to do their thing. Uh, the graphic boards that we see everywhere, I mean, that's just one of those things you see and you just ignore. Yeah, those cost money too. Um, staff, hotel fee, what have you. Um, and there's, believe it or not, 200 hours of logistics that go into these events before they ever show up that he has to pay for. 
There's also hall staff. Um, there's the concession stand that they have to pay for and actually give guarantees to, or they won't open up. And then you have your artists, okay? Now, uh, they know that the main event numbers will drop if this happens. So what they're going to try to do is increase our side event experience. Okay, they're trying to make everything else at the GP besides the main event. That way, the players who are in the main event are there for a reason. While, you know, your average Friday Night Magic player can still go to a GP and have a good time. Um, what, they're, uh, what they're doing they is... Believe that they get a good time. Right. Right. Um, they are doing it, start doing, and we've already seen these, like, you know, the big, you know, sealed event on Saturday, even though there's a sealed event in the main event, or the, you know, this, the big standard event that's going to be on a Sunday, you know, it's, they're going to have bigger and better side events, plus all the old ones that we know and love. Okay. They also, one of the things that people have been going to GPs this year have noticed is prize walls. In the past, you go to one of these GPs, you play a draft, you get, you'd win it, you'd get your packs all, every time. In the current set, and a lot of times you didn't need that many packs. So after you do one or two drafts, you're like, I'm done. Well, now the way they do it is it's like a Chuck E. Cheese setup where they give you tickets, and you can turn those tickets in for, you know, whatever you want on this wall. And there's some really cool shit on these walls, you know. Oh. What's up? There was Power 9 on the wall. There was Power 9 this week on the um, yeah. wall. kind of out of reach with the amount. Like, I didn't even think it was feasibly possible to even get enough tickets by yourself. You need like three people to be winning side events and four at the end of the day. Well, that, that, that right there creates a side currency for buyers. Yeah. You're going to be able to sell those tickets to people, you know? Oh, I mean? yeah, you can do trade. Right. Because they're not, they're not money. Right. So you yeah, can... doing good for the weekends. Like, that's, that's one fine, other... though. That, that's okay. It's still a way that you can transact with tickets. You yeah. can value, all, you know, a 10 ticket thing because 10 tickets get you a back card. So you can value those 10 tickets if you're going to do trades with somebody as a $4 like, card. $4, yeah. You can say that's a $4 card man you can go get a four dollar pack right now it's a four dollar card so you can make that value transaction as far as trades go you know so like that that sets up a side thing that is possible now and you know if you want to push for something like power nine it's there and then there's giant cards and there's like treasure boxes and full boxes and full sets and you know all kinds of cool crap you can get if you want to like i know uh kind of stuff Right. Winning one grinder, or not even winning a grinder, winning one game in a grinder got you 30 uh, side event tickets. 30 mm-hmm. side event tickets got you either three packs of the current set, or you could trade them all in for a, a shot in the uh, Liliana lottery. You'd get a pack of Innistrad. I mean, it seems cool, right? Um, yeah, that, that is, as right. long as everything is fair and island. Like, awesome. Right. So there will be better prizes for our side events. Um, also, one thing that is beginning to pop up this year is alternative side event play mats. Yeah, these things get really valuable. Yeah, and they're, and some of them are really cool. Like the one from San Antonio was excellent. That was insane. Uh, the current one that we just got, it was like mm. it was a dragon. I liked it. I I, I actually actively like the thing. Uh, but you know, I've heard both sides. But the thing with art is, it's subjective. That is true. Bullshit. You can win at art. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but no, I mean, but these are an extra mat. And like I saw kids in the grinders who joined like seven grinders and walked away with seven alternative fights. Mats. You, that's, that's a lot of value. Like, right. Probably, probably right. So, I mean, like, that's one of those things. It's like, okay, this is something else we're going to give you guys. Yes, if you join the main event, you get this art. But if you join the side event, hey, we're going to give you one of these. So you're still going to get a, a play mat. Um, and typically what they appear to be thus far is art renderings that highlight the city. Yeah. And I don't know about you guys, but, like, it says GP Cleveland on it, and it says GP San Antonio on the other one that I have. 
And you know what? I don't even need that on there. I know what that is. Yeah. And, you know, any memories from being there, you have just by looking at it. You don't have to look at it and go, what is that art and where was yeah. it from? Right. So, and there's some other things that are coming down the pipe that they're still trying to work out and come up with an idea with. But from what he told me, these vendors, or not the vendors, but these uh, tournament organizers at, at, for the high levels, they're actively working together to come up with, you know, the future plans because they realize they have to make these side events so much better if the price is going to go up on the main event. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, I've just seen you know, in other places where people claim they're not, they're not making the, ta- the profit margin they need and they increase cost and all of a sudden they end up making less money. I really like how healthy the piece is. So do I. Um, I, I. I will say that I do like the fact that like last year they raised it 10 bucks. Uh, now how much is the GP? Is it $50? It's 60 bucks. It's 50 for early bird, um, 60 for... I mean, like, I, I can't imagine paying that much more for a grand racer. Maybe set by $80, $100. Man. That's going to be a prohibitive cost. It, it will be. Players to like, to probably 30%. Yeah, I'm not going to argue that. Myself falls into that category. Like, 100 bucks is a lot of fucking money plus, for me plus to Plus travel costs. Right. And, like, I mean, you're talking about, you're talking about all of a sudden, like, more than two slow. Right, you're absolutely right. Like, right now, you know, I figure if I'm going to a GP and, like, I have to drive, and I'm not even paying for a hotel. I have a place to sleep. It's already covered. I'm thinking I have to put aside 500 bucks for one of these things. And, I mean, I'm not being crazy here. Like, that's what it costs to have a good time at a GP. And yeah, it's like the, the bars aren't cheap afterwards. It's not cheap. You know, you got to get around the city you're not familiar with. It definitely costs money. Right. And, then, you know, right now it's 60 And then once that becomes 100 and you put another, you know, 40 bucks on top of that, I mean, look, it's only 40 bucks, And in the grand speed of, you know, 500 what's 540 But, you know, that 540 might be that tipping point. So I'm I'm right there with you, Will. I get it. Uh, but however, I can also see the idea of me showing up at a GP and just not playing in the main event and going oh, yeah, over to those side tables and, and that's absolutely fine. And then you know theoretically, it's just a harder, grindier main event. You know, and that's cool. I mean, that's higher just, skill level in the main event. I think yeah. that would be. I don't think you're going to get your locals anymore who only go to F and M's. Oh man, dude, it's, there's no chaff. There's no easy round anymore. Ever. Right. I think that'll disappear. It'll make the GPs a little bit harder. Um, but again, if they perfect the sidewall thing and yeah, some of the other yeah. things they're doing it's still worth it for a player to show up I guess they can they, they probably can theoretically make more money off microtransactions that's what that's what a lot of the you know video gamers do so I, I can say right now they don't profit a dime until people start dropping out and playing in the side events that, that is a piece of information that is not off the record that I can't tell you no. the main event does not cover the costs of what they have going on so there is that. I think side events happen. Man, I mean, and like side events fire all, all day, all night. You know? Right. Especially on Saturday. Oh yeah, on Saturday you can look over and there can, towards the end of the day on Saturday. There's more people playing side events. There's 35 drafts going on. Yeah, oh it's crazy. <laughs> so, I mean. But what you're saying, Angelo, like just the main event alone can't pay it off. Imagine how GP New Zealand was for that deal. Yeah, that's gotta be rough. I mean, but, but you also, I also have to assume. I'm sure it's lower cost. Right. And, uh, I mean, they're not having to rent main, main hall and such. And also, I don't know, I mean, I don't know if you know anything about, like, New Zealand and Australia's economy, but it's way better than ours. Your average person makes a hell of a lot more money. Yeah, I do. That's know. probably the case in most places. Yeah, I mean, a hell of a lot more money. It's real easy to be poor in America. Yeah, it is. Um, so there's that going on. Um, I will say, and this is just some things that I... Uh, Want to uh, just put out there? Uh, one of the things was this was an extremely well-run event. Yeah. Um, extremely well-run event, and uh, one of the ways they did that was they went ahead and they took like 
they didn't hand you your mat at the beginning. All they did was they gave you a ticket and they said, look, this is valuable for one mat. Go collect it over there when you're ready to collect it. That way we don't have judges running up and down the aisles handing out mats to everybody. They also took all of the packs and shoved them into a deck box with your gristle brand, okay, and your uh, mat ticket. And they're like, here, this is all prepackaged. We give it to you. You're there. It's ready to rock at 9 o'clock, okay, which th- that was amazing. The judge staff was also jumping in in places that they were needed that wasn't necessarily judging. Like, they would run the prize wall for a little bit. Um and the, the other, the other, yeah, the other communication between the staff, like everybody was constantly on their phone talking to somebody else because there's a problem here or a problem there. Um, and this could have failed horribly. And there's a couple reasons. One of them is completely off the record and I'm not allowed to talk about it, but trust me, like it, the, the tournament wouldn't have fired. <laughs> and the other one was last week, this company did packs. And because these people who work for these GP companies, they have full-time jobs. They can't get two weeks in a row off. So he actually did both events at half staff. And when you think about how smoothly this was run, like, it really felt like all hands on deck and then some, but he did it at half his staff. So, I mean, I I do want to give TJ Collectibles and Mr. Tom Shea a great uh, as far as that went. Like, the tournament was run pristinely, uh, very good, congratulations, all that good old stuff. Um, Look forward to doing another one. I think they are going to be in Atlantic City doing that one. So, you know, keep your eyes out there, and if it runs badly, because they've had problems in the past. I know there was one tournament they did that started two hours late. Um, and that was because of a technical issue, but they communicated it with their people, unlike what happened to me at Eternal Weekend. So there's that. Um, but that interview was really cool. It was really good to get to sit down. He brought me up into the VIP section. We sat there. I set a recorder down. We talked. Um, I would love to just put the raw recording out, but there was so much that he said off the record that I would it would just be an editing nightmare. So I just figured I'd give you guys the cliff notes, and that's basically it. Um, expect 100 bucks within two years for a GP main event. However, expect your side event uh, experience to be a lot better. That's kind of the, the gist that I was giving. Cool, cool, good. All right, now it's time for Mike's first Put Your Foot in Your Mouth Day. Oh, I love this day. I haven't done this since I was a baby. Yeah, so uh, everybody should know what this is by now. The best of, this is our best of the set. Oh, boy. Yeah, I had a hard time with this one, being grumpy. I had a little bit of a hard time with that. Yeah, this is where we just take random guesses at shit that we know from the giddy up we're going to be completely wrong about. But there will be like two or three of them that we get absolutely right, and we'll talk shit about those two or three for the next six months. (laughs) Yeah, oh, yeah, because it's totally going to be six months of the next set. Six weeks. That's what it feels like anymore. So um, we're going to start with what we believe to be the best standard card. In Dragons of Tarkir. And Mike, I am going to give you the very first pick because you took the very obvious pick. That's not fair. You took first pick, Angelo. I did. I just want, I just want to let the audience know that I definitely filled my list out last and tried to not do And, I, and I just want to put up there that duplicates, it's written right on there. Shut up. Shut up, Mike. Give me a second. It's written right on there. If you duplicate pick, it's no big deal. I know, man, but I don't want to just talk about the same cards as everyone else. Yeah. We can knock out, you know, two cards with, or one card with two people and it makes the show go quicker so I don't care <laughs> so Mike continue for standard I chose Thunderbreak Legion 4-4 four, four flyer for 4 flying if your opponent targets one of your dragons with a seller ability he deals 3 to that player yeah that's so, good I mean I just feel like it's over like the red decks are kind of on the decline it's like obs on control green white it just gives those red decks a better way to, like, not only tackle control, because what are they going to choose? Dude, choose dragons on Crux, kill only your regent, leave all your other guys behind, or leave the Thunderbreak behind, which is going to deal four, or potentially seven, because when they have to downfall it, it's already got an attack in. 
it goes in the Mardu, it goes in Hemer, it can go in Jeskai, it can go in uh, just Red White. Like, there's just, even Mono Red, like, there's so many homes for it that would benefit from it that I honestly, versus all the other cards that are in, I mean, Narset's great, Sarkon's great, a lot of other cards are great, but they're more narrow than this is, so... Yeah, I, I like that uh, you, you list all the different places it can go. Just being such an attractive body with a, a disincentive, you know, like a, a disincentivized to destroy it pause. Like, right. I mean, you talk about the abs index, they will probably just switch over to end hostilities to deal with it. But I mean, yeah, I mean, some he's, reason he's definitely a, a much bigger problem for, like, say, the Black Egg, who's mm-hmm. entirely wild cards. I didn't even think about any Dragon Dust Age. Right. Um, it... It's good. I mean, there's no question about it. It's going to see a lot of play. I will say the double red is, you know, slightly prohibitive as far man, as what Dexing goes into. But we live in magical land time, man. Right like, now, everyone, everyone has all the lands. Like right yeah, now, you, yes. But long term, I mean, like yeah. think about it. When it's just fate, this yeah. and origins and whatever you know the next set is in the format, you're still going to have a shit ton of lands. <laughs> I mean, there, there's no dual lands in this set. Yeah. Yes, there are. In red, that can set the mountain for you. Oh yeah. In this specific set, I see what you yeah. right. Yeah, so you're talking like well, eighteen months down the road. No, it's it. not eighteen months down the road, Will, because of them changing this the setup. Dude, Cons rotates out this fall. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Because the way they changed the setup, so like, there's not going to be all these crazy lands in six months. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. The fetches well, will be gone. That's going to make the double red a little bit more prohibitive. Yeah, now, right now, sure. this card's nuts. Just fucking play it, jam it, knock yourself out. <laughs> I, I mean, I have a feeling that in Origins we might see the uh, duels from Innistrad block because we got the to you know counter fast lands. Yeah, the fast lands, quote unquote, to oppose the fetches we got now, so that way we're not having the same colored fetches as we are fast lands. Okay. So, like, if people want to build Martyr, they have Bloodstained Mire, and then they'll have Clifftop with these. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. We shall see. Yeah, we absolutely shall. Well, what was your pick, sir? I, uh, I also picked a red card. Uh, mm-hmm. I like Zergo Bell Striker. Oh. One mana, 2-2, two, two, can't block creatures. Why would I ever want to block? I don't, I'm not even need to finish that sentence. But I can dash also, too. You can he's, block creatures with power one. Yeah, whatever, dude. I mean, come on, he's a red dude, but dash. He's never blocked, ever. Like, I feel just, like the dash part is what puts him, like, over the top. Yeah, well, I mean, it just makes the second and third copies that much better. I think, like, he is a legendary dude, so you, you know, if you're gonna play four in a deck, which there are definitely decks you wanna play four this guy in right now, uh, I just think that the, you know, the, the boss, lie, the all one drop list, whatever, no, like that. That deck is very real, and I think that softer the battery. Like, especially whenever people have new toys to play with, they generally don't make them, you know, resilient enough to the red deck. And I just think that there's enough really, really good red cards out there right now that you probably are just on equal footing in power level. So you don't. The legendary isn't as cumbersome to you as like it is to me, because like I think of this card as Isamaru. Yeah, but he's he's. He's more replaceable than Ismar, right? Like, yeah. He, he, plus, he has the dash ability to just be a hasty dude who is actually actively hard to recover. Like, he just becomes a curse scroll in the the mid game. Okay. The haste does matter a lot because, like, if you've ever done these drafts and someone dashes something, it's so hard to play around because you're like, no, I don't have to deal with what they have. Yeah, but the thing is, in a draft, they're also giving up a huge tempo swing to do that. Yeah, yeah, but you're you're a deck in constructed. It's not in, as big of a deal as far as in the all yeah goes, in yeah. the all one drop deck. You are so far ahead of tempo. Yeah, you don't care. You just, you just like if you're going wide and have two creatures too many, like if you have one creature too many for them, but they have a removal spell and then dash in a zergo, then they're kind of in bad shape. Fair. I mean, I'm yeah. not going to argue that. I mean, uh, there's no question. I just ain't as high on this card as I think you guys are. Uh, well, I mean, I, I'm also willing <laughs> to build a much more all-in red deck than you are. Yeah, you probably yeah. are. <laughs> I mean, no, I mean, like, I, I, that's the downside too, but I just be trading with it. Okay. Um, my pick was Narset Transcendent. 
That's a good one. Um, I just think that this card is the Stone Nuts, and it makes me want to build Esper so badly. Yep. And I know it's blue-white, and most of the deck will be blue-white when I build it, but um, there's definitely some black cards I want to play, like Crux of Fate, because when I can have five, four end hostilities and four Crux of Fate, I think I'm in good shape in a control deck. Not to play any Perilous Ball for Tessie Enchantments? No, I'll play something else. I'll have something for a chance. Yeah, that's true. You are in white. Yeah, I mean, I'll have something for a chance. Whether it's uh, the Exile Enchantment, or whether it's, uh, you know, an Abzan Advantage, or something like that, I'll have something for a chance. I just feel like the Esper Control can be more blue-black heavy, slashing for the Narset and End Hostilities. But See, I, I'm looking at the command, and I really like it. I really like Ojatai as my topper. Downfalls and Foxies, and that's if you run them. You're going to want to be more black, in my opinion. Yeah, see, I don't, like, my plans is off. not to run them. Okay. Yeah, I don't want to get not into... What's up? Not even Thoughtseize? Like, no, no Thoughtseize is, is not really a card I want my control decks. Like, I'll run is, I'm more worried about you know, taking their spells out of their hand, and the rest isn't costing me two life. That's true. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, I guess that's the end of that section. So now we move to the next section, which is going to be uh, Best of Modern Card. And I went with Commune with Lava. This is a red card that is basically going to take the old burn modern deck that ran Treasure Cruise. And, hey, they have a replacement. It's a little bit more limited than Treasure Cruise, but yeah, I, like, I kind of agree. For that deck, it's it's a replacement. Yeah, for the it's good in the burn deck. It also is good for enabling the Swarm strategy. It's, yeah. uh, it's a really sweet, sweet red card, and I think that Modern's a great place for it uh, with Ritual Effects and Cheap Burn. I think that you're spot on. Yeah, so what Commune with Lava is, is X, Red, Red. Exile the top X cards of your library until the end of your next turn. This is an instant, by the way. Instant, yes. So you do this at the end of their turn. Uh, you may play those cards. I mean, yeah, you used to have to pay mana costs and all that, but, uh. Yeah, the blue major have to spend mana on their turn to counter it. If the three's up, you would already have. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, it's, it's yeah. a great test spell for the, or any kind of burn or storm. Yeah, I can see it in the storm. I can see it in the burn. I can see it in the del, the red, uh, blue delver deck that was basically burned with delver. Um, <laughs> and treasure cruise, sorry. So, like, I mean, I just feel that this card just replaces that, that same deck that everybody. What? Twin might try it out as a one-of, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I just I that, I see this basically within the storm. Uh, yeah, I'm just trying to you know outside ones that we're not thinking of a topper head. Eh, sometimes just going with the correct one that you know is correct is the way to go, man. <laughs> sure. Did you hear any of that, Will? Uh, I heard I heard some of it. <laughs> I heard something. Uh, I didn't hear the last one. Okay, so Will, what was your next pick? Uh, I picked anticipate. Oh baby. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm not, I'm not real high on this card for standard. I don't, I don't necessarily think that that's the format where we want it, but like, um, so it, uh, anticipates basically impulse minus one, right? That's uh, fine. Three cards, three cards, one on top, the rest on the bottom of your library in any order, or one in the blue ways. And like, in the modern format, I think the games are condensed enough and the, the turns are important enough that just the card selection, uh, you know, for a, maybe a twin deck to run this, or this Delver deck that is now looking for some way to put more tokens into play. I think this this card and uh, Young Pyromancer are really good friends. I think they so, are. Um, that and the fact that, like, you know, Preordained, Ponder, that's all gone. It's I'm all banned, yeah. Exactly, right? And, and like, it being instant and costing two mana... Also gives a really nice, uh, you know, bluff to holding counter magic. So right, you don't have no problem running four Gitaxi and Groves before this, do you? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I guess it depends on what list. I, I don't. I mean, I don't even know if the like, for instance, the um, the, the twin list. I don't know if it needs this this as uh, draw smoothing, but it's definitely something to tinker with for sure. Yeah, yeah, I won't argue with you one bit on that. I mean, and honestly, like. 
yeah, definitely commune with, with lava. That's a that's a modern tool for sure. Uh, but like for the most part, I, I had a hard time finding eternal stuff. So did I. I actually had a very hard time with the eternal stuff. And I, I mean, like there's you know, the the hate cards. I think we'll see some play, and like there's some some role players, but uh, everything. I mean, I guess just like a lot of the stuff that feels new is really expensive. It, it, yeah, it really is. It doesn't feel like legacy playable. Like I I, I took a stretch on my legacy, but Mike, um, what was your modern before we get to legacy? My modern pick was Collected Company. Um, I kind of thought, like, I was, again, like, you guys having trouble finding stuff for uh, Modern and Legacy. For Modern, I was almost tempted to go with The Rock. Um, because, like, I feel like that plus voice gives anything haste. That's but, cute. Uh, I just feel like Modern is the format to which, like, four mana spells that do something that's good, or potentially good, because they're not like Legacy where, oh, it costs more than three, we don't look at it most of the time. Um... But with such a good creature base, and like with the green creature deck and a lot of good enter the battlefield cards, I just feel like there's going to be some deck out there that wants to take advantage of this. I mean, it, its effect is almost—it's almost deep enough that you could <laughs> try and put together some kind of pod uh, base strategy. Now you're not going to have all the one ofs and stuff, but like yeah. you could definitely enable some kind of combo kill with mm-hmm. this for sure. With no ETB effect, you just got a free goy at instant so. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, it's an instant. I didn't yeah, see is. that part of it. I thought I just assumed it was going to be a sorcery. No, it's an instant. Yeah, it is an instant. Uh, so, Mike, what did you choose for legacy? I chose Camille with Lava for legacy. Um, when I was thinking, like, what card out of this list would be played in legacy? Um, when I saw this, I'm like, what could go good in? Like, what could it use this? And what came to mind for me was the Painter Servant decks because they're running Ancient Tomb uh, and City of Traitors, so they they have mana that taps for two. And they do have, like, Blood Moon, Sinister Guides, and, like, other things to get the double red, and they can kind of use the X to find their obligate. So, that's what came to my mind. Um, yeah, okay. it's also... A couple things that I, I thought of off the top of my head is, uh, one, this thing's going to get countered constantly. Well, yeah, but, I mean, the Pinter Servant deck, they do have the, uh... I have a ton of blasts. They do, they do. Um, also, and the other thing is, uh, what are you doing this weekend, Mike? We need to go buy you a new microphone. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, probably like within the next day or so, I'm gonna figure out how to exactly get this headset set up. Dude, thirty bucks, I can get you one that works well. Yes. Okay, so we're gonna go get you a mic. I think I think in in uh, Legacy, it, it serves in, in the Storm decks of the same place. You know, that kind of does with the uh, the modern decks. It's, it's probably worth the sideboard slot. It just allows you to kind of fire off a test spell through the counter magic, force him to show you the force of will, or or you know just do it. Yeah, it's important on his turn. I won't argue that. Yeah. Uh, and it, as a one of or two of in a deck, I don't I don't see a huge problem with it. Mm-hmm. Um, Will, uh, what did you pick for Legacy? Yeah, I wrote I wrote down Island, but I'm gonna I'm gonna actually try. So, uh, I, l- I like Encase in Ice. Uh, one blue, flash, enchant red or green creature. When Encase in Ice enters the battlefield, tap enchanted creature, and it doesn't untap during its controllers on tap phases. Um, so, like, as a Merfolk player, uh, you can you can have this in your sideboard as a card that both takes care of, like, Deathrite Shaman, Tarmogoyf, and um, uh, the, the red one, who deals damage, uh, uh, tap, pay one mana, tap, remove two cards from your graveyard. Lava Mancer. Yeah, Grim Lava Mancer. A way to control all these guys, and also has Flash, uh, is is reasonable enough that you could, I mean, it's like, as a one of in your sideboard, it, it's not terrible. It's not, I mean, like, it, it can actually be better than Dreads of Soiree, just being that cheaper, and also a Flash. Fair. I went with Twin Bolt because it can kill two things. 
Yeah, Twin Bolt's, Twin Bolt's pretty reasonable. Like, it yeah. kills, uh, like, two different, or it gets, like, a token and the Pyromancer, which is... Right, or it can kill an, er, you know, an early Delver before it flips and deal one to face. Yeah. Um, it's instant as well, so, like, it's it's one mana more than the, the Sorcery Speed version, Forked Bolt. Right. But, uh, you know, instant's a big deal. Uh-huh. I mean, it's only two damage, which is fine, I think, in Limited. Or, not in Limited, but in, uh, Legacy. Uh, because a lot of creatures do have a one-butt, so... I mean, I would, I would probably just play Fire Ice. So would I, but I had to pick deck. a card. Um, yeah, I know. I, know. I don't think that it, you're going to see a bunch of play of it. I just was like, okay, I have to pick a card. So yeah. this is the one I'm picking. <laughs> it's sweet, and it, and it probably is the closest to me. Okay, so our next uh, topic, or I guess uh, category, is uh, best draft card. And for these, we set the uh, standard at uncommon or lower. Yeah, got to be able to consistently see it. You're not going to see the same rare or a mythic over and over again, so you can't really pick this. Um, you're not going to have four of them in your deck. So I went go first, yeah. I went tried and true. Yeah, um, that's a good one. <laughs> I looked all through this thing, and I went, you know what? In the end, I still just want a pacifism. And hey, there's a pacifism in this set called pacifism. <laughs> pacifism, pacifism is pretty good. It's um, just so good in draft. There's no way around it. I think that um, um, there are there's enough enchantment hate walking around that's not just terror. It's not just terror, but damn it, a pacifism is a pacifism. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to not get first this if your rare is suboptimal. Yeah, if your rare is suboptimal, this is a common you do not feel bad walking away with. So, Will, what'd you pick? Uh, I picked Blood Chin Ranger. Uh, he's a one and a black, two, two, human warrior. Uh, whenever Blood Chin Ranger attacks, each warrior creature you control can't be blocked this turn except by two or more creatures. Um, there are a lot of warriors in white and black that are criminally underdrafted and, um, are like totally reasonable, reasonable cards. Uh, the, the format looks to be kind of clunky to me with a lot of people going to be trying to play big fat spells, especially in the re-release. Like, if you can sit down and draft a really good black white warriors deck like this guy I, I put him at least on the same power level as the champion of the edge if not a little bit better just making you deal more consistent damage to their face like this guy loves dash too this might shock you it might not but um when i was breaking down what i was gonna pick i had my top three yeah this was third yeah i think this, i mean I this is a good card yeah i think this thing's sweet like if you see the black white like if you see this card like third or fourth Take like it. like jump on it and just just try and get warriors i have no problem taking this second oh Oh, yeah, I, I would first pick this. I would first pick this card uh, over a lot of stuff. Like, so would I. A lot of the rares, I would pick this over. And, like, I mean, while I'd, it, it, I... It was something I would have to test out. I don't, I'm not the guy to sit down and just force warriors all the time. But, like, if testing moves, forcing warriors, this is, like, the first pick we want to say. Yeah, I think so, too. I think you nailed that one actually right on the head. Um, very, very, very good. Uh, especially because, like, you can sit down and you can just go, okay, I'm going to go ahead and I'm just going to fucking play the uh, warriors deck. And I'm going to just stay away from these six costs, these seven costs, rares that I don't want to play anyway. I don't care how powerful they are. I'm going to kill you before you can cast it. That's the way to go. And I really like that card. Mike, where are you at? I pick Dragon Hunter. Two, one, for one, human warrior. Two, Protect- one, what? For one. For one, what? One white, my bad. Okay. Two, one, for a white, human warrior with protection from dragons. And he can block dragons as though he had reach. And <laughs> that full of dragons, uh, yeah. I think this guy's good. So uh, do I. He's yeah, a good one-drop. Yeah, he's, he's a two-power one-drop. He trades more 
Walk all dragon for days. Yeah. No, I think he's a fine dude. Like, I don't know that I want to dedicate draft strategies, or draft strategies around him, but if I'm in white, I have a hard time passing. Yeah. If you're in Warriors and you get this like third pick, you're happy. Oh yeah, dude. I'm I'm super super happy. Like, and and Mike's right. It does block dragons for days, and there are a lot of dragons. Yeah. So um, that the I think the prot dragons is somewhat relevant. Not even that. I mean, like the prot dragons. <laughs> if you're in a warrior strategy, a lot of times when you have these little quick decks that are like, okay. I'm going to beat you before you get your dragon, and then they get their dragon turn five, and you go, damn it, they're at four life. Guess what? In two turns, he's got them. Yeah, so. pump, pump spell. Plus <laughs> or a pump spell, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that's a solid pick. Um, now we're going to move to our sealed area, and with this one, I set the bar a little higher. You're opening six packs, or three and three, or whatever. You you, you should, if you play enough, see all of the rares. Um so I let you say rare, but mythics, no, you just can't. You can't predict mythics. You cannot. So, Mike, um, what card did you choose as your sealed card? I went with an uncommon. I went with Fault Road Ambushes. They 3-3 three, three for 4. Okay, yeah. again, what color. colors? Green and green. Uh, whenever another permanent you control is turned face up, if it's a creature, put 2 plus 1 plus 1 times on it. Wow. With Megamorph flipping at 3 and 2 green. Wow. Yeah, so that's good. Multiples of those in a sealed pool is going to yeah, be really, really nice. Very close sealed format. And if Think? you're playing Megamorph against other Megamorphs, yours is going to get bigger, quicker. See, all I'm thinking is, like, how can I abuse this card with Master of the Unseen? <laughs> <laughs> Put it in the green-white deck. <laughs> Done. Done. <laughs> that's just ugly, man. Like, I can abuse this. Oh, that's sick. Uh, no, good call. Uh, Will, uh, you get the uh, next one? Yeah, I I mean, I, I don't know yet. I really, it takes a long time for me to figure out the, uh, the latest Sealed Irons are, but like, uh, Harbinger of the Hunt, 3, red, green, 5-3, flying, dragon. It's, it's big, it's cheap, actually. Uh, among all the 6-drop dragons, being one quicker, I think is going to be a big deal. And uh, two activated abilities, 2 and a red. Uh, Harbinger of the Hunt deals 1 damage to each creature without flying. I think that is really, really good. And then 2 and a green, Harbinger of the Hunt deals 1 damage to each other creature with flying, so it does not hit itself. Yeah, and it should be noted that none of these say tap. Yeah, you can yeah, use exactly. them multiple times. Right. So like, you know, play them on turn five and on turn six you're attacking and blowing up every morph and smaller on board. Yeah, you get two uh, activations. Yeah, you know, I think turn. if this guy if this guy stays on the table at all, I feel like it's really hard to lose. So that's generally what I'm looking for early in the sealed environment. I have a hard time arguing with that card. I actually, as far as the dragons go, that you know, are that we might actually see a couple of. I, I really like that one. Yeah, I think he. I mean, he's just he's good at controlling the board, which uh, is what I'm looking for out of my bomb. Which is very well what you should be looking for, right? Yeah. It also it also counters your pick. So what did you go with? <laughs> okay. So what I went with was uh, secure the waste because it is X and white. Put X one one white warrior creature tokens onto the battlefield at instant speed. Oh man. So at that's, the end of your that's turn, really pushed. At the end of your turn, I put this in for four, and then the next turn I cast a war flare. And I end the game. <laughs> right. It's just, this is strong. You yeah, want to have these in your sealed pool. I mean, like this, uh, what's the five mana one from cons? Five mana put three guys in? Like, take a burn? Yeah, like the, the power level on this is really higher. It's than exponentially higher. 
That's true. I mean, and that instant speed, like that, just cannot be understated. Yeah, no, that's a hit. That's this card is this card is extremely, extremely good, and uh, people will die. Yeah, I think it's going to probably some standard play as well. So don't. Yeah, I could see it in standard for sure. Like, man, even just as the blue white deck, like I, I would, you know, put one or two of these in there. It, it helps to block to protect your planeswalkers early, and like I don't know if anyone actually remembers Decree of Justice anymore, but that was a card. I do. Yeah, I remember Decree of Justice. I remember yeah. Hand of Justice. I remember all the justice. Um, so, well, uh, me and Mike chose the same thing, so we're going to let you lead off on Tiny Leaders. And the rules of Tiny Leaders say that it has to be three casting costs or lower, correct? Yeah. Okay, so what'd you pick? Uh, I picked Dramoka's Command. Uh, green and a white. It's a modal spell. Thanks, we'll it now. I understand. Um, it is choose two. Yep, for choose two and white. falling. So much rolling. Okay, prevent all damage target. Uh, instant or sorcery spell would deal this turn. He's got it. Is one of them. Or target player sacrifices an enchantment. Or put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature. Or target creature you control fights target creature you don't control. Now, you choose two of those, and you can stack the third one above the fourth one, correct? Yeah, yeah do they just... I'd, I'd love to ask Frank. We should have asked him. Do they... I think they resolve from top to bottom on the card. So, like, if you pick okay. prevent all and put a plus one, they'll happen in that order, right? I'm not I'm not entirely sure. Frank! Frank! <laughs> but, but, um, yeah, I'm pretty sure it works that way. So, like, I, I think it's just, it's extremely versatile. Uh, all of the things are pretty useful in different ways, and, uh, you know, I mean, it's good. I like that. Okay, I don't play Tiny Leaders. Um, I don't either. The same as Commander, basically, but I have an idea of the way the format works, and I'll let Mike go ahead and explain what our pick was and why. I mean, he picked the same thing I did. I'm sure his reasons are better than mine because I think he actually plays the damn format. Uh, finishing up building a deck, but yeah. Um, Never mind. I'll do it then. God damn it. <laughs> Way to do your job, brother. Anafenza, Kintree Spirit, two white legendary creature spirit soldiers, so this could be your time. It's your general. Yeah. Um, and whenever another non-token creature enters the battlefield under your control, bolster one. Yep. She can just get out of hand. This is your white weenie tiny leader general. Yep. Like pretty much from now on, you just put all the white one drop, two drop, shadow fucking dorks, any any one any tiny white dork you can find, jam it in the Anafenza deck and make it be better. Well, here's one for you. Acacian javelinliers. Oh, dude. Absolutely. All, all the fuck <laughs> over it, man. All day. Oh, Two man. different types of counters on it. That's right. Take, Absolutely. Take like, take I'm that. going to ping you for one while this thing gets bigger. Yeah. And then when I run out of pinging, it'll be at least a 3-3, and then I can start swinging. So fucking sweet. Uh, best EDH, I went with uh, Dragon Lord Dramica. Yeah, that's fine, Dennis. Just because, like, I don't really... One, I don't play the format, so that, that makes a lot to do with it. But also, um, it's pretty fucking sick. To say the least. I mean, like, first off, it can't be countered. Big deal. That's a big deal. It has flying and life, so, like, that's kind of a big deal. And your opponents can't cast spells during your turn. That's... Yeah, people like casting spells, I think. They do, and when you shut that down... Yeah, this is going to be an Elder Dragon that just gets played quite often as generals. Yeah. It's a good one. No, it's a really good general, for yeah. sure. Well, what was your choice? Uh, you know, shout out to Mike for his choice. I really like, I really like pick. Uh, and in my effort to try and be different, I pick Volcanic Vision. Cause, man, I feel like the power level of this card actually exists, and, you know, why not? So five red red sorcery. I get to return target instant or sorcery card from my graveyard to my hand, and then this card, Volcanic Vision, deals damage equal to that card's converted mana cost to each creature my opponents control. And then I exile Volcanic Vision. Um, just a way to buy back my big expensive spells and my big expensive red spell deck, and uh, probably, you know, with some Furnace of Wrath going on, this is just going to wipe board of everything I don't control. 
So yeah. you bring back Warp World with this, deal five to something, <laughs> and yeah. then you do stupid things again. Yeah, it's. I mean, you know, it's it's fun. I like the crazy big red sorcery deck. I think it's a fun deck. It so. is fun. It, yeah. Clearly, it is fun. I won't argue with that. Mike, you have an ED. Put drop your deck. Put it down. Did you put it down? Okay. Now you have to pick a card for EDH. I do. Yeah. I chose another uh, expensive sorcery. Yeah, uh, this this is what I would have picked if you hadn't chosen it, for sure. <laughs> but uh, I chose Clone Legion. It is a uh, 7 and 2 blue sorcery. For each creature target player controls, put a token onto the battlefield that's a copy of that creature. Wow, you've been working all game to build a crazy green-white creature army? Nice. I play one card and get it. <laughs> <laughs> when I play around here, you're the target. So if you can live long enough and then copy all things the carry player has, yeah. they can't attack you anymore. Because that person with the carry creature is not going to want to trade theirs off for yours so the other players can kill them right. and you. Yeah, but this card is completely unplayable in every other format. That's why we're talking about EDH. <laughs> that's, that's, I mean, like, this is, this is the card you're actively looking for in EDH, the card that is playable in all, or unplayable in all other formats. Right. I mean, because it's just is, too big and too powerful for, for everything else. Right. It is. I mean, it's, it's interesting. Um, I, I ain't an EDH player myself. It's, a, it's a sweet EDH. Right? It is, absolutely. This is the only format where it will see play and where it does, when it does, it's going to be absolutely devastating. But man, um, don't try forcing this into your standard deck because you had a good EDH night. Don't even put it in your sealed deck. <laughs> right? Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe sideboard it into your sealed deck if you know it's going to go to infinity. Yeah, yeah. But actually, actually, it's a reasonable sealed deck sideboard card. Sideboard, maybe. Like, it, I mean, like in the right situation when you know your deck's going, long, your game's going long. Like Saltai Mirror. Yeah, like, like that's that, a good spot know? for it. Or like if you're in like I was stuck in the Abzan hell. If you yeah. get in a game that goes that long, when you can d- just double your creatures. Dude, in the, against the Abzan Mirror, if you can put the blue into your deck, slash this, that's the same. Yeah. It's really good. Just going to double my creatures, and then I'll get through that way. Um, so that's cool. Uh, absolutely great. Uh, what did you pick for the best art, Mike, and why? Uh, I picked Dragon Whisper for best art. Um, do you want me to art or just the art? Um, we can go over the card and then you can tell me what the art, uh, what right. the art looks uh, like. Uh, red, red, demon, shaman, two, two. Uh, for a red, it came flying into undefend. For a red and one, it gets plus one plus seven into undefend. And, and it, it has the formidable, uh, mechanic on it. For a four and two red. No, but it's okay to know what the card does. For a four and two red, you get a four four flying dragon. Red dragon onto the battlefield under your soul. You can only activate this if you control creatures who have total power of eight or um, its artwork is a, for me, what looks to be a female shaman. Yeah, she's, she's definitely a one. With glowing red eyes and fur, uh, clothing, with a giant dragon with glowing red eyes and glowing horns breathing fire behind her. Yeah, it looks good. No, it's a, it's a yeah. hell of an art picture. Like, it's... Imagine that blown up. Like, a lot of art looks a lot better once it's bigger. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Or, like, two by two. If I... Right, you get a better view of it. Um, well, what'd you pick for art? All right, I definitely continued my trend of picking what would be the best heavy metal album cover. There you go. <laughs> uh, and uh, I got Foul Renewal this time. Uh, I don't care what the card does, but it is the screaming face of, like, a goblin or demon with no lips or no whatsoever, giant incisors, and glowing yellow eyes, and it is trying to bite like little fairies. It looks like insects to me coming out of his mouth. What, whatever is whatever dude, the fuck is happening, dude. If he's spitting it, insects, that is metal. Yeah, I mean, he could definitely be spitting out insects, and he's definitely, like, bathing or has a beard made of lava. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, I mean, it's really good. The lighting is good, and, like, it's, it's scary and evil. 
it, I also I also want to give a shout out to uh, there's a green card with just a, a dude carrying around a carcass leg, which is really <laughs> Sandstep Cavenger. There's a uh, it's just like a, a high or a coyote like soldier just carrying around a T-Rex leg. Oh really? Okay. for a dragon among the Yeah, so he's just got he's just got a dragon leg just chilling, just going back to dinner. Okay, uh, my pick was a uh, local artist Ryan Yee's Anafenza. Um, yeah, yeah, real good guy. Um, but and I we found out there he was you know local. That was shocking. Um, yeah, that's sweet. But I mean, like it's hard to see it on the card. I do have a blown up print of it, so that kind of helps. But like the eyes look so distant and so removed. And this thing is going to be the sickest fucking oil. Cause yeah, it is going to be a really pretty oil. So like, I mean, it's just it's like this real ethereal Anafenza. She has a sword and she's just like glancing off into like nowhere with this solemn. This top look on her face that is just absolutely amazing. A great piece of artwork. And also a one. Also a one. <laughs> also a one. Yeah. They're all ones and zeros. <laughs> and they're all ones. <laughs> so. <laughs> Atta boy. <laughs> so. The next one is flavorful, and this this is literally like just pick a card. It, it could be flavor text. It could be flavor as far as the story goes. It could be flavor just in that you can like I, the flavor of the card. Can I can I get this one first? You can go first, dude. Because I'm totally I'm totally trading in my my answer, and uh, I gotta pick Dragon Lord Servant. Okay, he is the most flavorful because he has a plate with a pile of meat on it. <laughs> Period. It's a, like a unicorn head and a ham bone, and he's just carrying it around for you to eat <laughs> flavor like like the whole plate is wrapping bacon i swear he's like end the stop yep. <laughs> okay uh i chose ancient card why because it's, it's a, a fucking card it's a giant fish <laughs> it's a giant card yeah. sucking in a boat and i mean it's got the carp lips and it's just like uh, it's cool yeah. so i i don't know man it's a card i have it's no other list. reason for choosing it yes, giant list. uh what did you pick there for uh, best flavor, Mike. What was that again? What was that again? God damn it. <laughs> for those who missed it. I picked Epic Haunted. There it is. Okay. Uh, Why? Uh, both story flavor and because, well, everyone remember when Savage Punch's artwork was spoiled and how the internet went nuts. Yeah. He's punching bears. What, what color is it? Yeah, but I was punching a dragon. He is punching a dragon. Is it green? Also for the flavor test, because not only definitely uppercutting a di- a, a dime dragon. Yeah. Not, I mean, it's so. What does it's, the flavor text say? No matter the timeline, some legends will endure. Because Sarek's now a dragon puncher. Yes. Yeah, from bear puncher to dragon puncher, the flavor text even references that. Game up, my. Yeah. No, that's sweet. Sweet. No, I, no, that's cool. Was uh, for flavor. It's a, it's a really good card. Pacifism was close on flavor text alone. Really? Uh, the flavor text is if I fu- I might fu- if I oh, let me fucking try. <laughs> if I fuck it up. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to fuck it up. Okay, I found it. If I fight, I might step on a butterfly. That would be sad. That's really good. I like that. Yeah. Butterflies are. Really- okay. Yeah. okay. The funny is, it's a uh, now a park and orc who's saying it. Hmm. Interesting. So the next uh, topic is our favorite card. This is not a card we think is the best. It's not a card that, you know, it might be good. It might not be good. I mean, I've picked some bad cards just for my favorite card before. It's more or less just a card that we look at and go, I like that. This is going to be a pet card of mine. And uh, Mike, you get to go first while your mic is still kind right. of sort of working. I'm going to pull an audible on this one because this one was still up in the air the whole time. Um, I've got to go with Sarkon the Unbroken. Um, good. Just does everything I like in a card. Uh, 
he makes dragons. I like the backstory arc on himself. Uh, for those who were curious, the uh, other one was going to be Serac, but they're both teamer. Well, were, was, is. Could be. Fine. <laughs> no, fine pick. Fine pick. I ain't going to argue it. Um, it. This is all an eye of the beholder anyway, so. Uh, Will, what was your favorite card? Basic Island. I love Island. Magic. Fair. You know they've won a lot of a lot of pro tours. Tell you what, they've won a lot of games for me. <laughs> I know for a fact they've won a lot of pro tours. So mine's anticipate. Um, I love effects like that. It just you know brainstorm style effects or just ponders effects, preordain effects, cantrip effects. I just love. Them. Just give them to me at cheap and instant, and I'm happy. And this one, it's, it's impulse. Yeah, it's definitely not impulse. It's not impulse, it's but like it's, it's as close as they're going to give us. To it. Yeah, and <laughs> you know for a lot of like. Definitely it's a fine limited card. Like, I'm gonna cast this spell a lot. For sure. yeah. uh, like I said, I don't, I don't know that I want it in standard, but there are definitely some. I think I'm going to play with instinct. Um, but yeah, I just, I just, man, I feel like the format is too powerful, and each individual card alone, I feel like I'm just like diluting my deck by having it in there. I'm, I'm, I'm just not like it's not actively doing something, you know. Fair enough. I'm, I'm looking at it more along the lines of, you know, I know in six months the format's completely different, so I'm yeah, trying I mean, to look I mean, into but that. I'm not, I'm not talking about that. Bad. I don't know yeah. about that. And I'll, I'll try it in the current, but I, I don't know that I'm correct or not. Um, now here's the fun one. This is the one that everybody loves because this is the one where we usually make ourselves look like fools. Um, who, I got this one. Actually, Mike, you did a really good job on this. Um, who wants I thought my other Mike would do. Who wants to go first? I'm oh, this dude, one. I got this, man. Mike, Will, I got it. All right. Uh, what the fuck did I pick? What's the name of that card? You picked a goddamn good one. Keeper of the Lens. One mana. One, two. You may look at face-down creatures you don't control. Dude, you remember that card? What the fuck was it? Lens, Lens of, of the... Like, dude, it's just that on a useless body. Are you fucking kidding me? What are you going to do with a one-two? Come on, man. He's a one-two. Like, I can actually see me playing him in a draft, and that's the only reason I didn't play him. I didn't pick him because he's like, eh, it's not a bad early drop, I yeah, guess. It's a, it's a bad drop. Like, it, it doesn't profitably trade with anything at all. It like, kills your uh, uh, Mike's two one that he loves so much. The one that protects from dragons. Dude, I'm just, I'm never, I'm real sad if it's ever in my starting deck. No, don't get me wrong, I don't want him in there, I'll, but I he's my one drop. It. It might I will need. side, but I, I, I mean, I don't think limited drag decks need, like, I, I like having actively, one. You'd like to actively want, well, that, I mean, that's your flavor, but I think this guy's terrible. If this guy's in my deck, I'm leaving that. I'm not saying he's good. There's no way I'm gonna say it's good, but I, I I try I actively try to play one one drop, and if this is the only one I get, it'll make my deck. Yeah, but I mean, if there's not one worth playing, I don't see why you put a, a card. I mean, this is this is it's not a whole magic card. Like this guy does not add up to a whole magic. Period. I don't know. I can see me putting like a, a net on him and just blocking all day. Yeah, but that's the I, net. I, good. That's not the keeper. Yeah, but I need something to put the keeper. <laughs> yeah, literally anything. Right. <laughs> literally anybody. But this is a buddy that I never plan on attacking with in the first place, so now it becomes a one box <coughs> all day long. Oh, man, he's just young. Hey, Will. Bolster one onto him. He is a two three. Yeah, there's a lot of making it good. Like it's not. I mean, it's if you're just using him as a body. Yeah, he's a body. He's a body. Exactly. That's it. Like that sucks. It does, but bolster's a big part of this format. This I ain't want no one drop. This ain't no type. I want this into no, an Again, well, this into an offensa. Come the fuck on, dude. It's an offensa that's good. Like don't. He's a rare. 
I'm done. You know, we got to try and, you know, defend these cards. I'm sorry. You guys are mongoloid. I don't mean to be mean to cards. Uh, thank you. Um, so, Mike, oh, what'd you pick? Mike, you're the good one. Okay. Resupply, which is... Five mana and a white instant gain six life draw a card. I definitely, uh... I looked at this. I won't when I, when I, This is the card that jumped out at me the first time I went through the spoiler. It was like, why the fuck did they make that? Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> I looked at it. I looked at it long and over the like, what? Dude, this card's so bad! If I'm going to draw a card of six and I want more than six life for it. Yeah, I definitely want to play Channel Harm on this. Or... Yeah. Give me ten and draw a card for six, I might like Give me two cards. Give me yeah. Just give me three cards for and, and, and keep, keep the life. <laughs> Twelve life and it uh, I may, I mean, I don't know, maybe. 20 in a life I'll play it every time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, uh, gaining 10 life is pretty. Uh, bad cards, bad cards. Yeah, it's so good, good. Um, I picked, and I believe it's black, it's Gadol Lurker. That is the blue. Oh, this guy's not bad. guy. Okay, it's blue, alright. I picked these yesterday, so I don't exactly remember exactly where they're at. Okay, Gadol Lurker. Okay, he is one blue, one one. First off, I don't really care for one ones for one. Um, I would play the one two probably over this. He can't be blocked, however. So, okay, so I guess that's kinda good. Oh, and he has Megamorph. Because what I really want to do is pay four for a two-two unblockable. I'll pay well, four. Well, Will, did you play Mystic of the Hidden Way at all? Oh, dude, I love Mystic of the Hidden Way. I mean, this guy's not. He's a dude. mini one of him. Yeah, like so. Play it as a more. I was surprised to see you put this here. The the Mega Morph being one. Yeah, really. Un- like, this guy's playable. And play another Morph on the same thing. You don't have to take a turn three off just unworking him. For, this has everything going on that I don't like. One, I don't like the Mega Morph. Two, I don't like one ones for one. Sure, he can't be blocked, okay. and that's cool. But the rest of the card is garbage. Let me let so, me you let me give you guys all the example. Let me give you all the examples you gave my one drop. Like if you bolster him, if you yeah yeah, I don't think you, you need to bolster him for for him to be good. But. No, but I mean if you do, like if you start swinging oh, three a turn, unblockable, like yeah, he just becomes straight up Mystic of the Hidden Way with a bigger butt. You play him in in the morph in the morph game. You sh- you know you shell game him out there, and you get a little bit more value that way. And then all of a if sudden, they if they waste a fucking removal spell, destroy him on the morph really side. Happy. That's that's when you're ahead. That's when you're really happy. And, but if, if for some reason they don't, and it survives, it's a 2-2 unblockable, which is better than a flyer. In terms of okay, but let me also put this in the preface that this is going to be in a limited environment with Meringue River Prowler. Yeah, but you only get one pack in draft. Okay. And... Yeah, but this guy, I mean, I don't know, like, this guy can be a 23rd card. I'm not, I'm not happy to start him. You're absolutely right. I'm not building good lurker decks. Unless maybe I find that the blue-red Godul lurker deck is just insane. But, you know, like, no, it's, it's, it's not a, it's, it's, it's not quite a whole card, but if I do go through the morph process and unmorph it into a 2-2 unblockable, like, it's still an illusionary warrior, and that guy wins games. And the saddest part about this card to me, and look, it wouldn't be on this list for me if it wasn't an uncommon. It's a salamander. Angelo, I'm a bit surprised you didn't take a 6-5 defender for this with Megamorph. I think this guy's... I mean, I don't think this guy's bad, but I, I'm pretty sure I'll play him. I'm pretty sure I'll, I'll win games with you and tell you about it, Angelo. Okay, that's fine. I mean, look, I was... I, I'm more than willing to admit when I'm wrong. I mean, dead drop, I was dead wrong, like, but there's still something, and I play it. And I said I would play it. But I just did, there was something about it that just texturally I just did not like, and I still don't. But I'll yeah, still yeah. draft it and play it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the 3-6 Grave Digger for 9... 
all because you're dumping away your grave to play him. Okay, he says a 3-6 Gravedigger for 9. Um, I like Gravediggers. But, like, with Delve, though, a lot of people will make the mistake of delving away what you want to get back Well, if they're a bad player, that's their fault. Yeah, like, yeah, he's a reasonable card. I mean, I don't like him. I don't like the look of him either, but... I don't like the fact that it's 9 mana Delve, and if you can't do Grave Pass, you're not going to get value out of him. I mean, sure, that's not in this set, though. I mean, it's in, uh... Well, I mean... <laughs> Ah, uh, uh, yeah. Um, so, but anyway, those are. Those I think are our I think resupply is by far the worst. It's program. yeah, probably. It's um, all bad. At least Keeper and Gadul are in fact bodies. Resupply is just a worthless card. <laughs> and like I looked right at that card too. What? Yeah. It'd be so bad. Just yeah. I mean, if it was at one man, I take it because you know it's draw a card, gain a life for one. I wouldn't be. Still wouldn't be happy playing at a two man We seriously got to get you some headphones. Fact. Yeah. We gotta fix your setup. Um, okay, so in next week, his setup will be fixed up. Got that, folks? But Back. for now, we're going to take a small break and we will return because I have a fuck ton of stories from the GP. I know Mike has quite a few of them and Will has an interesting story for you. <laughs> and we will be back in a moment. Pittance Podcast is brought to you this week, last week, next week, every goddamn week by the Brainstorm Brewery. Marcel, Jason Alt, Ryan, Corbin, they're holding stuff down with their own podcast over there, which you should absolutely check out. And don't forget to check out the brainstormbrewery.com, where they got plenty of good writers you can go check out for your financial needs. Oh, and you can find this show there. Yeah, this one. The one you're listening to, like if you didn't find it on MTG Cast, like it's over there. So you can listen to it over there if you want. Or at least, you know, go by their page and, you know, check things out and, you know, like, click on the link to us or something. I don't know. Anyway, brainstormbrewery.com. Go check it out. So, Will, um, you had a lively weekend. Yeah, not really, man. I actually kind of <laughs> hung out, you know. I was pretty chill this weekend. Yeah, I heard. Um, yeah. But you were supposed to be doing something else. Um, I was, yeah. I, uh, <laughs> um, I was I was definitely not supposed to be at home. Sure. <laughs> so what's been up? <laughs> um, well, uh, let me start the what's been up with, uh, man, I had a really, really nice date with this uh, lady I've been seeing last week. And uh, I cooked her dinner at her house. So I, uh, I, I got the heads up on on what the roommate situa- situation was as well. So I made sure I cooked enough for the the three ladies, and I prepared a vegetarian menu for the vegetarian, and then uh, so it was miso soup. Uh, and then I had uh, a pan seared sesame encrusted tuna steak that was marinated in uh, soy, ginger, garlic, and a serrano pepper, which was that really good. Oh, uh, it was good. And then I made sushi rice with some uh, some nori nori seaweed in it, and uh, then for dessert we had. Uh, Did you? Uh, uh, make one without the, uh, did you make one for the vegetarian without the meats? Yeah, I, I had everything separate, and then there were also some julienne vegetables, the cucumbers and carrots flared off and stuff. And, Sweet. Uh, Way to look out, man. Yeah, and, uh, so for dessert, vanilla ice cream, I made a, a, a scratch, uh, whipped cream with some lemon zest in it, and then, uh, blueberry syrup, so it was really good. There was just, like, ten minutes of, like, bowls, you know, spoons clicking in the bowl. <laughs> click, 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 click. And then, click, like, click. like, the girls looking at each other, and then looking at this girl that I'm there to see, and then, like, you know, nods of approval and stuff. <laughs> he cooks for us. He's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was cool. That was totally, it was really nice. Um, so that was like last week. And then I had two days off. And, uh, and then on Friday, I no call, no showed my job that I, uh, I was supposed to go to. Yeah, uh, man, I, I just like got to the point where I'm like supposed to be there in an hour. 
And I really sabotaged my efforts. My roommate and I went and bought some board games that morning. Uh, so I got I got Smash Up, which is a really sweet board game for anyone who plays board games. Uh, and we got Stone Blocks, which is also really fun. <laughs> uh, and like just playing board games and stuff. And then like he's day drinking, and I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna day drink. Give me that boozy coffee. And it's like a coffee with a uh, Southern Comfort and amaretto in it, and just like getting hit. Just like it, man. I want to go to work. Yeah, so I didn't. Yeah, and uh, you know, like I just sat around all weekend and slept, and I've been uh, the weather's getting nice. I've been riding my bicycle and uh, just kind of doing that stuff. Just like, dude, I will say Monday, holy hell, Monday was beautiful. Holy, yeah. I mean, it was cloudy all day, and, and I, I did get rained on a little bit when I was on the bike. But dude, it was like seventy degrees. It's like yeah, I haven't it felt was, that since fucking August or yeah. or September or something like that. It was real good. <laughs> so. But, uh, you know, I mean, I guess I'll be looking out on the job front again and, uh, doing all that. I just, I wish I would have known before Friday that I was going to no call, no show. Cause, like, I definitely would have gone to the Grand Prix. Uh, but the condition my car is in right now, like, A, I need brakes. B, I have this kind of intermittent overheating thing that I really don't know what's going on with. Yeah, two and a half hour drive with it overheating. Every yeah, I mean, I just, I just can't fuck with that, you know? Yeah. So. You would have turned that drive into a five hour drive easy. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, it, it never, it never actually overheats, but just the heat spikes every once in a while, you know, especially when I like sit in traffic and I put water in it since then, but. You gotta I, change your thermostat, dude. Yeah, that's what I thought it was. Yeah, you that's know, all it is. That's what I thought it was. Either that or like I was fearing it was a heater core, but the way, the way it's kind of worked, cause it's, it's done that a couple times and it gradually it's not more. Um, if it was your heater core, you would, uh, when you have the heat running after the car's been warmed up and everything, yeah. you would get moisture on your, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm not the window. So yeah, it's probably just your thermostat. That's good. That, yeah, that's, that's fine. I, I I know how to do that. I've done that. So. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's my life, man. What was the Grand Prix like? Um, I'm gonna do most of the talking here because Mike's uh sound is coming in and out and everything, and we realize that, and we don't want this to be a bad listening experience for you people. But if I forget something. I'm sure he can chime in and uh do this. So we show up and you know, we show up kinda of at different times. We didn't all ride up together or anything. Um I had John Groff with me riding up and you know, D- Dave and the Beckmans went up in a car and then uh the Brodericks and Jesse, they all went up in their own vehicle, which is kind of nice, too, because if somebody really, really, really wanted to get out of there, the other person could always just ride back with one of the others because there was an, at least one open seat in every vehicle, right? So it's kind of well-planned, I guess, even though we all ended up leaving pretty much at the exact same time. So uh first night, it starts raining off. Like, it was really nice, but about 4 o'clock Friday, it started raining pretty bad. And eventually, we all decide after I spend $16 on a hamburger because for some reason, like, everything directly around the hotel closed at, like, 5 o'clock. And this was, like, pizza shops, too, on a Friday night. It's just one of those cities where, like, shit dies, right? So... I was like, fuck it, I'm tired of walking in the rain, so let's just get a burger, Dave. So me and Dave, we go get these burgers. It's fucking $16. Those were dates. Um, it's a good fucking burger, but it wasn't worth $16. <laughs> Sourdough bun, big thick pieces of bacon. Don't get me wrong. Good fuck burger. Just the price point was a little high. Um, and then so we decide a little bit later, let's, let's go get some decent food. Um, I was looking on the web and the kilted tilt wasn't too far away from where we were. Uh, so we decide to try and find the kilted tilt or the tilted kilt or the whatever. And hello? I think we lost people. Okay. Um, so we start heading that way. And like I had the directions. I knew exactly where it was going. We ran into like this wall that was basically construction. So I made a wrong left turn instead of a right turn. But I only literally went one block out of our way. Um, and we're like, okay, cool. And this was only because of the construction thing. That was the only reason I fucked this up. And I did. I admit it. But we run into this crackhead, right? <laughs> like... <laughs> 
we're all looking at our phones going, fucking, it says it's right here, you know, it's, it's like on the other side of the block, okay, so let's just find this thing. And this crackhead sees us looking at our phones to go to this place, and again, we're a block and a half away, okay? And he's like, what y'all looking for? And we're like, kill to tilt. He's like, man, or tilt to kill. Why do I keep saying that wrong? Probably because it's Irish day and I've been drinking. <laughs> <laughs> So he's like, okay, look, just follow me. I got you. I got you. I'm like, all right, cool. That's straight. We'll follow you. You know, we're like in this busy area. It's the new flats. Like Cleveland's moving the flats more in town. So like we're walking down through it and he's like talking to us, you know, giving us the jive talk. I've come to expect. I'm like, okay, this dude's got it. He he has a plan. I know he has a plan somewhere. It's just, what is it? He goes, I'm going to take y'all on a shortcut. I'm like, no, you ain't. He's like, come on. I was like, dude, you're going to take me down an alley and one of your boys is going to fucking jump out. I was like, that shit happens. I'm going to fuck you up. I was like, you ain't taking us on the short. He's like, I wouldn't do that. I swear to God, I wouldn't do that. Da, 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 da. I'm like, dude, seriously, like, you're not doing that. He's like, trust me, man. Trust me. Just one time, all we're going to do, there's a parking area for a hotel. We're just going to swing through there. He's like, there's people there who, like, you know, are parking their cars and everything. Like, I ain't, I ain't, I ain't setting you up. I'm like, all right, I'll, 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 all right, cool. So, like, those three fall back. Right. It was Jesse, behind you. Kyle and uh, Mike. They fall back a couple steps. You did. Don't don't say that you didn't. No, I was a few steps behind you, but they were like a few steps behind me. I'm walking stride by stride with this dude, fists clenched. Uh. He's within distance. I'm going to kill him if I see anything out of the ordinary. <laughs> and I'm just like, all right, man. All right. But he gets us, you know, around the corner. He's like, see, there's the till we kill right there. We're good. Right. I'm like, yeah, yeah. So he's like, man, well, check this out. It's raining. I know you guys, you didn't want to walk around in the rain. Now, see what I'm doing? He gives us this big speech, and he basically wants a couple bucks for us. I'm like, all right, cool, dude. You know what? You got me here in the rain. I didn't have to walk any further. Here's two bucks. Mike goes ahead, and he gives him five bucks because Jesse had no little bills, and he was just going to cover for Jesse, too. Mike's brother, Kyle, flips a 20 to this dude. <laughs> low, 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 low. And I'm like, oh, hold on. what? What? I'm like, 20 bucks? And dude's like, man, I'm telling you, you need that. I was like, no, for Kyle, it, this dude, he's going to do whatever you want the rest of the day. I hope he doesn't see you around anymore. So we go in, we eat, right? Nice waitress, you know, she's doing her thing. She took care of us pretty good. And the waitress comes up and hands us our bills. I look right over the table and I go, Kyle, you better hook her the fuck up. If you just gave a crackhead twenty dollars to take us a block and a half. <laughs> she better get hooked the fuck up. I don't know what he gave her, but you know, even he she was like ones and fives. <laughs> she even looked at him and was like, "You did what?" And I gave her the story. She just kind of shook her head and shit. And I was like, "Okay." Um, and that was kind of you know. We, we go ahead and we leave. Right? And Mike's directions suck because he was mad at me because of my directions, okay? Because I took us a block and a half out of the way. I wasn't mad. I didn't so say anything. He was like, you got us lost. We'll follow my directions this time. I was like, okay. All right, man. We're going to no, follow no, like, your directions. Yeah, I was directing the hotel back in my phone's GPS, so I typed in the directions to our hotel. So and... after he takes us a quarter mile out of our way, we made it one block from the till kilt. Yeah. My phone does not like good directions. Yeah, dude, it literally took us a quarter mile in one direction to loop us around. And then we get all the way back around, and I look, and I go, there's the tilted kill right fucking there. <laughs> my phone thinks I'm fat and need exercise. Apparently. It was bad. And I'm just like, oh, my God, Mike. Okay. You know, at that point, I'd had enough years. I didn't care about walking the rain. So it was like, all right, but I'm going to bust your balls about this. <laughs> and, I mean, there was beggars just ever. I mean, as far as Cleveland goes, there's a lot of beggars up here. It's bad. It was like every block somebody was stopping. Man, can I get, you know, can you hook a brother up? You know, go the fuck away. Um, I got no sleep this weekend. I don't know how well the other guys slept, but I averaged about two hours a night. I slept pretty good. Uh, so there was that. Uh, I did get noticed by voice a couple of times. Sweet. 
Um, I'm walking around the hall, and a couple of times people stopped me because they knew my voice, and that was kind of cool. Um, I, I, I was kind of creepy at the same time. I'm not going to lie, but cool at the same time. It was just really weird. Uh, I had a, I had a very strange feeling about that. Um, I found out that uh, Dave has a weak stomach. Uh, but before that uh, we got to see a cop while we were at the kilt the second night Uh, this dude grabbed this for our second time that day yeah for our second time but it was the second night never mind anyway um, this dude grabs this girl's ass as he's walking out and the cop is standing like right outside the door and he heard the girl scream he just grabbed my fucking ass and this cop turns around and just choke holds the shit out of this dude And I guess later, uh, Dan went outside to have a smoke after I had already gone in because the situation was pretty much dead. And I guess two cop cars with seven cops pulled up to throw him in the back of. So, like, he did not get away with that. But Dave had... Apparently they do. Um, but Dave, it was kind of funny. We're doing our drinking and shit, and we leave for the second night. But before we leave, he looks at the waitress girl, and he's like, I don't know how strong this is. And he got some sort of cider, hard cider, and uh, one vodka. Yeah, I bought you out to the table. Um, and he looks at this girl, and he's like, I don't know what's in this. I don't know how strong it is, but I'm fucked up. And this waitress, all 90 pounds of her. Well, she was kind of thicker. She might have been 110. Um, looks at him and goes, you had three beers. If I had three of those, it would do nothing. And then Dan jumps in and is like, well, he is half my weight. He's like, you know, kind of chill. You know, don't don't make him feel too bad. And she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad I got you fucked up. So we get back to Mike's room? No. No, Dan and Kenny's room. Dan and Kenny's room. And we're playing. We're about to play. Uh. Cards Against Humanity. Yeah, the words he said. And I look over at Dave, and I'm like, are you all right, dude? He just was ghost white. He goes into the bathroom and just spews chunks everywhere. Had a boy buttercup. Thank you for making room for more right now. None of that. Like, he ended up spending pretty much the next three hours in the bathroom. Like, you had to piss around him. I mean, it was like toilet full, tub full, some of the floor covered. It was like, holy shit. And, like, I tried to explain it to him. I was like, dude, one, you have a weak stomach. That's obvious. You don't do a lot of drinking. Uh, we know that. But, like, you had these ciders, and then you go and put vodka on top of that. And that actually, because it's like apple juice, you're, like, forcing it to go rancid in your stomach when you put the vodka on top. It's like, that's a bad call, dude. (laughs) So, you know, that happened to him. You know, I almost got into a fight that night as well. Uh, It was about 4 a.m. I'm going out into the, uh, downstairs to smoke a cigarette, and I have a pirate hat on. These three drunk dudes see the pee. What the fuck, Pittsburgh? And, you know, started giving me shit. I'm just like, man, get the fuck out of here. Leave me alone. Just, you know, and I'm, like, trying to go outside. I'm in that fucking jammy pants, you know what I mean? And the black lady who's running the fucking hotel, she come around. Come on. What the fuck you boys doing? Leave that boy alone. Y'all drunk. Get the fuck in your room. I'll call cops, oh, you know? nice lady. Yeah, just straight, like, I'm just like, thank Like, I did not want to have to fight three dudes in the middle of your fucking hotel. Like, I would have if I had to, but I didn't want to. Um, so, like, that was, that was pretty sweet. Um, I got hit on by a cougar while I was at the kilt. That was interesting. <laughs> The second time we were there. Yeah, I mean, these stories are blurring with me. And then the last one is, um, and you're going to hear about this probably on another broadcast as well, um, over on BSB, but the Atarka story. Okay, so. Yeah, I can't wait to hear this. I was uh, winning a wacky draft when this happened. So this uh, this guy that uh, Jason Alps, he lost his winning in to an Atarka the day before. He's kind of upset about Atarka. 
Um, since then, <laughs> there has become an account on Twitter for a Tarka Dragon Lord who only follows one person, by the way. <laughs> that guy. <laughs> but Jason goes and buys $5 worth of Tarkas. That's actually only 10 of Tarkas, you know. Um, and he comes over and he's like, hey, Ange. I'm like, what? He's like, go hand this to one to that guy over there and, you know, have him sign it. I'm like, he's going to know who I am, but he won't know who they are. Jesse, Kenny, go get him to sign it. So they go over and they watch this dude finish his game. Because he's playing in a side draft, and then after he gets done with his game while he's sideboarded, they like, hey man, you know that was that was well played. Can you sign this for me? And goes and hands this kid the Atarkas, and he's just like, ah. And me and Jason are just over there, just fucking cracking up, just having the time of our life. So a little bit of time goes past, and he's up at the prize board. For some reason, I was behind him. I think it was because Groff and uh, Mike was there. Yeah. And I'm, like, waiting for them to take off, and that kid's there. And somehow the word Atarka got said, and the dude behind the prize counter pulled an Atarka out of the trash the night before. And he goes, I heard you saying something about Atarka. And he pulls an Atarka out of his wallet and hands it to this kid and goes, I think this is yours now. Immediately, I start losing it. I go, I, I turn around, and Jason's, like, 20 feet away from me. So I go over to Alt, and I'm like, dude. Did you set that up? He's like, no. <laughs> it's like the universe was trolling this dude. I felt kind of bad for him at that point, but I don't know. All in all, it was a good time up there. Um, I don't think I missed anything. Did I, Mike? Uh, I think on our way home from the Tilted Kilt the first night, that one crackhead started shaking my hand, and oh, then I yeah. kept trying to step around him, and he cut me off. Yeah, he called you Michigan State, then he, when he got closer, he saw that the colors you were was, wearing were different. Were black and gold, not blue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I he got a kick out of it. And it was just, uh yeah, that that happened. Uh, that was within the beggar section. Um, but in the sake of hurrying this along any further, oh, and Jesse hitting every puddle. Yeah, Jesse literally every walked every single puddle. puddle we hit. His fucking shoes, you could hear him walking. It was hilarious. <laughs> but uh, shout-outs, um, we'll move to those. Um, let me give a shout-out to Groff, to Dave, to Beckman, to Kyle, uh, to all the people who, uh, you know, were in our little group up at the uh, GP. It's made the weekend good. Um, also, I want to give a shout-out to David Schmuck, who I got to meet up there. Um, he's he's a big fan of the show, and good to finally meet you. Uh, shout-out to Jason Alt, because, you know, he just seems to make things fun when I'm around. Uh, uh, also, a shout-out to uh, Cripple Command on Twitter. Um, it's Ryan from Brainstorm Brewery. Some of you guys might know him as that. Um, good dude. Got to hang out with him and talk to him for a while. I want to give a shout-out to Sean to Plowshares on Twitter. He made day two, and at the end of his first draft, he was still alive for the top eight. Um, and he went through people like Efro to get there and Ari Lax, and he had a hell of a fucking weekend. Big props to him. Um, let me give a shout-out to Norbert. I got to meet him again. To Sam Pardee, I need to give a shout-out to him because uh, he sits beside me a lot at these things because um, he's P-A-R, I'm P-A-O, so it happens. Um, <laughs> and I, after chatting with him, I've convinced him that after the next pro tour, and, you know, he's going to do a tour in, uh, in Europe uh, playing Magic, he's going to come on our show. And so expect that in a future episode. Um, everybody I got to meet up there, you know, that whose name's escaping me, shout out to you guys as well. And let me also give one real quick to artist Ryan Yee, who's from the north side of Pittsburgh. Oh, I'm sorry. Will, you got shout-outs? Uh, I would like to give a shout-out to Winning Jobs. <laughs> one who <laughs> their job earns a shout-out from me, and a good, solid attaboy, or girl. Well, Will, you got to look at it this way, man. You don't have that job holding you back from hitting the woods anymore. No, I know, man. I know it's coming, for sure. <laughs> like it's, um, I, I, got, uh, I got about three hikes in the works for the summer. So. Sweet. Yeah, it's going to be good. Well, that, that took out one of the obstacles, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> man. It sure did. Yeah, no, it's real convenient. So now I'm going to like it for a while. 
I hear you on that. Oh, I, I did miss a shout out to Tom Shave for doing the sit down uh, interview with me. There. Any more shout outs, Will? Um, to, to drinking. Drinking. Good one. Yep. yep. Shout out that. Keep doing it, guys. Absolutely. Uh, Mike, go through your list. Uh, shout out to everyone who was in Cleveland this weekend. Uh, again, like Andrew said, uh, shout out to Ryan Yee. I got to talk to him a little bit. Uh, he was the last person the, uh, event, uh, bought two, uh, poster size, uh, printings of his. Uh, really cool. Um, yep. I got Endless Ranks of the Dead and Moon Mist. I got an Anafenza. Did you get the uh, smaller ones or the... Oh, yeah, it was the smaller ones on that. I also uh, got a I... uh, mouse pad from Christopher Rush. It's a Black Lotus. Uh, yeah, I got the long poster-sized ones, the landscape-sized posters. Mm, okay, you got the big ones. That Endless Ranks of the Dead looks so nice blown up like that. Um, did Cleveland, did the artist... Uh, I suppose shout-out to Crackheads. Uh, yeah, was... Crackheads! <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Shortcuts and take your money. They were everywhere, man. So. Uh, yeah, that's about it. Dude, I'm seriously thinking about getting shirts made up. I'll call it GP Survivor Wear, and it'll just be like, don't ask me for money, I'm a dick. <laughs> just to get that out of the way. Holy fuck. Um, <clears throat> uh, so... We had a great time this weekend, all that good old stuff, but you know what would make this weekend so much better if you guys would have went to our GoFundMe and hook us up with some money so we can fix this studio up. Uh, that poster that I got off of Ryan Yee, that's going to be going in. You know, I got some other stuff going in. Like, this thing is going to be awesome when it's done, and we're going to be doing live streaming and video streaming, all kinds of cool shit, and plus we're going to be doing a podcast from there, and you guys should really help us out. $5 for, you know, each listener will get us to that. Mark, please go to www.gofundme.com. J-Q-M-S-N-O, and that's our stuff. But you can just click the link that is in the description of the show that you are listening to right now, and then you can just hand me five bucks, and I'll be a happy dude. And so will the other two. And you won't get to hear me like this anymore. Yeah, yeah, because we'll have, like, good mics and stuff. Yeah. Um, hey, I'm, I'm a bad mic? That, that hurts. Yeah, you're a bad mic on a bad mic. Oh. Damn it. If you wanted to get a hold of me, however, you get a hold of me at Gonsu on Twitter and on MTGO, that's G-A-N-S-U-O-U. You can also find me at pitimpodcast at gmail.com. Also, uh, next week, I'm going to be putting out a new Imps Prison. I believe this one's going to be with uh, Cripple Command, um, Ryan from the Brainstorm Brewery. And what else? What else? Anything else? I can't think of anything else. I think I said them all. If I didn't, check a uh, past show. It'll, it'll let you know. Um, Mike, how would people get a hold of you if they wanted to? Uh, they can get a hold of me on the FitPit and Facebook page. Uh, my name is Michael Broderick, so I post a lot. You can also message me, add me on Facebook, I'll accept it. Find me on Twitter, at Huntmaster underscore Mike. And you can also find me on MTGO, and my handle on there is MTGXMike. Join the, join the Pitons group. There's, uh, we're always welcoming more. Oh yeah, there's a clan. Yeah. 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 Will, how do people find you? Man, if people want to find me, they should just, uh, link Ryan Brommel to their Facebook. Great way. <laughs> Knew it. Great way. <laughs> well, we can't find you at your place of employment anymore. Uh, <laughs> Much as no. Yeah, you could definitely um, <laughs> yelp on the shit out. You, you could you could yelp uh, the the uh, what's it called? We call the, the Brady Run Grill and Guest House. Go ahead and yelp on the fuck out of it. Please. That's where you were cooking. Yeah. Damn it! I would have stopped down if I knew that was where it was. Oh yeah, you you didn't miss. Right up the hill. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's cool. You didn't miss nothing. I mean, it's terrible. I mean, I'd rather just go to Zookie's across the street. You yeah. Know? I mean, that's kind of the thing. You know, is that the food is not. Yeah, well, you know. 
It's not bad, but there's yeah, no... Yeah, yeah, I mean, I know more things than you do. <laughs> I only eat the food out of it. Yeah. Yelp bomb the fuck out of them. <laughs> Give them ones. But in a, in an odd coincidence of fate, my former roommate, Obi, was my old job down there. Shocking. Yeah. So now now he's the third person in a row who has held that job who worked in my or who lived in my house. That's absurd, man. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's hilarious. Like, they just keep hiring guys from 523 Dust. Like, this is <laughs> all they do. <laughs> you want me to edit that out? I don't know. That's your home address. <laughs> yeah, but they, they don't. I mean, it's not like borrow it. It's pretty easy to find out. If they were to put it back together, they could. Oh, no. Then they'll mail me stuff or stalk me and murder me. I don't care. That's sweet. Guys, we'll come and stalk stuff. and murder me. Yeah. You guys want to get a hold of me? Come to my house, <laughs> motherfuckers. We'll see you It'll be all right. I'll be in the woods anyway. <laughs> ah, what are you going to do? That's sweet. <laughs> uh, awesome. So, uh, yeah. And Facebook group you can find Will. I'll have his uh, information right in the yeah, show the notes. Oh, so uh, next week we're gonna have pre-release stories, maybe. Uh, I believe. No, I don't have work. I believe Broderick's going. It sounds like Will's going. I don't know if Cleveland tapped me to the point where I can't go, but it's possible. I, I prepaid mine, so I'm good. Yeah, I think I'm tapped. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to make it. It'll be the first time since we did this show. You got your head of drawing coming down there, yeah. Okay, I'm still broke. <laughs> um, but yeah, until next week, do it, Mike. It, it's cost or nothing. <laughs> There's a story behind that too. Ask me about it later. Have a good one. You can ask ask me directly. I'll tell you. Yeah. (laughs) Have a good one and go fuck yourself.